Hello, listening people. Hello. You're listening to Spin Polish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. I'm Ryan Stawinski. And I'm the Bartek. The Bartek? Yes. The one and only Bartek? Yes. The Bartek of Spit and Polish? Yes. That presents? Yes. Unappreciated Masterpieces? Yes. We call it Spit and Polish, why? Yes. <laughs> That's why, yeah, yes. We call it Spit and Polish because as the Bartek has given with his very many answers of yes, we are both Polish. Is that not correct, Bartek? Yes. And uh, we are both Polish, obviously. That's why we yes. are spitting Polish. No, yes. we're spitting Polish because we're always spitting and we're both Polish. <laughs> oh. See, we've been telling that comment since the very beginning and I wondered at any point has there been anyone that connects the, 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 the whole idea. It's like, ah, oh, spitting Polish, they're Polish, a, I get it. There have been a few... Same spelling, different pronunciations. There have been, <laughs> there have been episodes where we point Jules, out specifically... Jules is putting our guest. I've already just said our guest. Our guest... Oh. No, no, <laughs> shh, Who's our guest? We don't know. But they're already putting their hands over their face like they didn't realise that's what it was all well, let's about. Pretend... They're like, oh, yeah, you know, they've been saying they're Polish. I thought that was just a fun Easter egg. Yes, well, there have been episodes where we specifically pointed out... Not this one, no. Not this, well, I mean... <laughs> Not this one. <laughs> this one. This unappreciated masterpiece is brought to you by Poland, where we are from. A very conservative country, though. Is this? Yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. They don't like women's rights in Poland. I was going to say, They're... are you sure it's not presented by shoe polish? Shoe polish? No. We don't wear shoes. Nail polish. <laughs> nail polish. Yeah, we wear nail polish on our toes. They're more against gay rights, Ryan, not oh, so women's. Oh, sorry, Poland. So, on this show, Unappreciated Masterpieces, we do feature-length audio commentaries. Is that not right? We Martin? do? We do. I mean, yes. We do commentaries, at least. Yes. On society, we just did then, on Poland, at least. And um, we do films that people say, hey... Do you really need to talk about that movie? And we say, hey, who are you? What are you doing in my house? Get out of here. We're doing a commentary on a movie that we think deserves to be talked about because everyone has creative potential and certain individuals are allowed to express that creative potential in the form of a film. And if you don't like it, we'll kick your hiney. Oh, that's foreshadowing. Or is it? Who knows? Am I going to kick your hiney? <laughs> yeah, it's foreshadowing to <laughs> the next part of what I'm going to say. Oh, say it. Say it! You butt. There you go. See? Oh. See, your hiney butt is all connected. Like every unappreciated masterpiece. Because the thing is, someone put time and effort in to think up a concept. And then that concept was then accepted by a group of sophisticated people, peers, and then that was created and distributed to us, the general mass. And we didn't like it, or we didn't love it, or we didn't hate it. We were just meh about it. And that's that's what I take fault with. How can we be so apathetic about, you know, a film? Apathetic is pathetic. That's exactly right. Yes. That's exactly right. Bartek, what's a film we're not going to show apathy towards? This episode. Today, we're going to show you how pathetic society was with their apathy towards the classic film, Vasha Visokosch. Ah, you mean your Heine? My favourite film. Ryan, could you stop thinking about bums? Okay. Can I think about dicks, please? Yes. Okay. Ryan... Tell the listening people that you don't speak Polish. I don't speak Polish. Oh, shit. I'm... 
Oh, I keep forgetting this. I'm so sorry. Yeah, man. yeah. I know we're both oh, Polish, and shit. what we've set up as a show is very complex. You know, there's so many layers of intricacy and jokes and humor and intelligence that everything goes above and below the head. Right, but had, straight to the dick. You had me at head, but then you had me again at dick. I'm very glad I had you, Bartek. Ryan, I want you to stop worrying because I'm okay. going to tell you what Vasa Visokosh means. Vasa Visokosh means. What does it mean? Vasa Visokosh means Your Highness. <laughs> Your Highness? Where? Oh, it's me. Oh. <laughs> I was referring to myself. My no, Highness, then, Ryan. No, I'm third personing. Oh, okay. Like Your Highness Ryan is talking right now and about to segue into... Let's react to the movie being like, oh, it's... What? The film Your Highness from 2011? I think. (laughs) Pretty sure. (laughs) I looked at it. Okay. (laughs) Oh, no! It was 2011. Starring Danny McBride. Starring fucking everyone. (laughs) And people... Who's our guest? It's Jules Gatto. Hello. Hi. Hi. We kind of foreshadowed her earlier in the episode by letting her speak and also me just saying her name. Jules, hi. Hello. You're our James Franco expert. You've been on for a single James Franco movie before. And you've been on for Scooby-Doo too, which I feel like James Franco would have been a villain in or a love interest in. Or both. A villainous love interest in. Can you imagine Scooby-Doo 3 where it's called Franco's Revenge in which... <laughs> he's getting he's, revenge for nothing? No, because in all those Scooby-Doo yeah, movies... he's getting revenge for not being in the actual film. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, no, in all the Scooby-Doo films, there are always characters getting revenge for things that happened in another film that we never got to see. You know what I mean? Like, in the first movie, it's like... Spoiler alert for Scooby-Doo, by the way. Uh, it's Scrappy-Doo, and we never meet Scrappy-Doo until they have a yeah, flashback scene a, that, that that's like, hey, he exists. And then in Scooby-Doo 2, it's like, again, another movie happened where it's like some evil mad scientist guy, and then he has to pretend to be Alicia Silverstone, because why wouldn't you? Mm. And I feel like James Franco would come in being James Franco, and he's, like, getting revenge on the fact that his brother Dave Franco is a slightly better actor. And he's like, but Dave Franco's not in the movie at all, ever. So like, he channels never... his hate towards the Mystery Inc. gang? Yeah, because yeah. they remind... Because they're the ones who found Dave Franco. Like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the feel. Because they're cool like him. Yeah, Dave Franco's pretty cool. I, I mean, I mean, he's no James Franco, but like, he's a better. I think he's a slightly better actor because he's done like less. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? By so that? like less. He's got evidence. He's got him. less trash to compare to James Franco, who unfortunately is one of the greatest actors alive today. Yes. And, and I say unfortunately is because sometimes he doesn't choose the best projects and. Your Highness has been argued as one of the worst films ever voted online, according to uh, the trivia. The online said so. <laughs> the whole of the internet, Jules, That's said that this movie was... No, no, the whole internet. I was there in 2011, and I was on the internet. Oh. And it said, Ryan, do you think Your Highness is the worst? And this is where I committed a crime. I didn't answer. Oh, and no. that, And not answering means... Yes, yes, it is. It's it's like when you silly me. It's like an instance of bullying. You're a bystander. I was a bystander. I was, you know, I'm I'm straight, but like I was a bystander in that <laughs> instance. Thanks, Jules. Good joke. So we are going to watch the 2011 classic, Your Highness. We've already listed stars. If you're into um, fantasy and pot, this movie is half of it's for you. 
<laughs> to say the strongest. So um, we're gonna get this underway. It's from the director of Pineapple Express. Oh my god, is it? What yes. really? Yeah. It's advertised <laughs> on the poster. It's a real shock that one of the things I found out was um when I looked up this film, one of the things was like. From the director of Pineapple Express and art and famous art house director, and it said his name I'm like art house director, and I looked him up, and he's yeah, done he's... art house movies, and then he leapt to this. Yeah, he's he's a director who's known for having made classic indie flicks, and then decided to make stoner flicks. And this is where we're gonna get started, guys. So get your copy of Your Highness ready. I all I imagine all of us have a legal copy of this film available to us. Well, you are your highness, right? I am my highness, and um, you get your copy ready because I'm gonna do a countdown. And at the end of the countdown, I say play. That's when you press play, and you're gonna watch this along with us, so you know what we're talking about. Of course, this commentary is gonna be full of spoilers because we're getting. In deep in this movie, we're going in. We've already spoiled Scooby Doo. We've already spoiled Scooby Doo one, one and two and three. Uh, spoiler <laughs> alert! It takes place in space at the end for number three. Oh shit! And you guys are gonna get ready because I'm gonna. We're gonna start this in three, two, two one, one play. play. So we are now three seconds in, which is you know, which is a great. It clearly says seven seconds. Seven right. eight. So, we're here at Universal. This is Universal, yeah? Yeah. Look, there's U-N-I-V-E-R-S-A-L. This is quality, quality uh, commentary. Look, oh, there's A-D-I-V-I-S-A-L. No, that's South America, you racist. And then Universal again. I'm a geography major. Oh, sorry. That country that was right there... That was not Africa, you <laughs> racist. You just love Africa, okay, Jules? The one thing I know about Jules is she loves Africa and all the people in it. I think that country was Africa, Ryan. It was actually South America. You're, oh, the country on. of South America. Sorry. Yeah, the country of South America, the continent of Antarctica on the planet America. You know what I mean by all this? So, guys, this universe that the film takes place in is a different one to ours, of course. Um, I was they just. Fire. I just want to say something straight off the bat. The narrator we find out is this guy, because this guy is the narrator of the film, because the narrator's talking, and then this guy starts talking, and it's the same voice. Mm-hmm. And the narrator. I'm already jumping into the in-depth analysis <laughs> here. The narrator later is the labyrinth. But he enters to get the sword. Danny yeah. McBride, the whole purpose is they have to get a sword to kill a sorcerer. What I want to know is why did the evil, evil wizard not only narrate this tale of her- heroism, but also become the labyrinth to ultimately give a hero a weapon to stop the evil if he himself was trying to achieve that evil? Maybe he's the type of evil who, if he can't succeed, no one no can one succeed. <laughs> I was thinking, is it a curse thing? It's like, if you're the wizard, right, the necromancer, whatever, you get slain in your task, because this seems like it's a thing that is continuous every hundred years. You become the labyrinth mm. for a hundred years until a hero steps up to get the, the sword. I haven't read the expanded universe. Oh, yeah, you know, like you have to see the director's cut. Of course, we're watching the unrated cut of this movie. It's complicated, you know. Uh, uh, Bowie comes into it. And yeah, everyone's yeah. involved, and 
Look, I'm very glad that um, I'm very glad that in this universe they got dwarfs to play dwarfs. You know, it's not like Lord of the Rings in which they just used camera tricks to make Elijah Wood look smaller. They got people with Jack Black's haircut from Gulliver's Travels I don't know. to be their, in this movie. Their haircuts make them look tall, Ryan. <laughs> also, maybe it's a callback to the classic film Terror of Tiny Town. Terror of Tiny Town? I don't know Terror of Tiny Town. Why do you keep on inviting me to uh, films that ha- constantly have short people? Because <laughs> you're short, Jules. <sighs> Scrappy, She's Scra- not really. Scrappy became tall. I was no. going to say uh, Wizard of Oz. Oh, sorry, you weren't in the first uh, Scooby-Doo Excuse me, film. in the Wizard... And that, we're already talking about connections here. Before this all gets started, this is, this is a fantasy movie in which magic takes place, and the last movie we had Jules on was taking place in Oz, which also had magic. Oz the magic and powerful. Is this the same movie? Maybe. Maybe. You know, like... Maybe this is the other kingdom. So you're saying that when a prince dies, he becomes a wizard? I'm also saying that it's in the same universe as St. Trinian's, because um, because Toby Jones is in both. <laughs> and yeah, I think in the St. Saint- Trinian's movies, he's also dickless. I'm very glad that this movie confirmed to me that Toby Jones has no penis. So I, was, <laughs> I was very worried that he didn't have a penis, that he did have a penis... This movie confirmed, Ryan, you're Wait, right. So which one were you worried about? I was worried that he had a penis. Oh, okay. so and then this movie, this movie said, "No, Ryan, don't worry about that. We'll confirm for you personally that Toby Jones, with some great shots." So let's go through each of us. Are we doing the reviews and ratings? Yeah, sure. Oh, okay. Tits! 10 out of 10. Yay! Jules, what do you think of tits? There were lots of them in this movie. I have them, so... Where? Do you where? <laughs> where are you hiding them, Jules? In my nether regions. No! Not bum tits. No, not bum tits. <laughs> yes, Jules just admitted. She doesn't have a vagina. She just has tits well, down there. I was talking about bums, Ryan. Well, I was talking about... She said nether regions. Is Maybe it, there's more than one. Doesn't it refer to bums? She has more than one nether region. She just confirmed. Oh, toes. Cla- uh, uh. Tit toes. Breaking news, guys. Jules <laughs> just confirmed. This has been confirmed. I don't want to confirm this myself, but I have to say it's been confirmed. There's a possibility of an extreme likeliness of confirmation that Jules has more than one nether region. <laughs> Hashtag Jules has more than one nether region. Nethergate. No, hashtag nethergate. Nethergate. Nethergate gate, you know? <laughs> Navigate Twitter for Nethergate. <laughs> so, no, what I was going to say was, what's our histories with this movie? Um, Bartek? I saw it for the first time yesterday after... Well, no, before I finished an assignment. Why did you see it? Because we are doing it for the show and <gasps> I needed to make sure that you weren't just pulling my leg, which is a nether region of a sorts... You weren't pulling my leg, leg about the <laughs> fact that this is an unappreciated masterpiece, even though I had heard of this film and heard that uh, while it's not very popular, some people do like it. It's not popular like James Franco in the film. It's uh, it's popular. Sometimes I bring up on this show that I've listened to the sh- the internet show uh, Midnight Screenings. You listen to it, not watch it, huh? Interesting, interesting. I sometimes it's a visual medium. I sometimes YouTube. watch it too, okay? Well, I'm masturbating. I've got to have but, something wrong. <laughs> but in it, um, they never did an episode on Your Highness, oh. but he would often 
Brad, the guy in charge of the side, would often bring up the fact that he was one of the few people that did actually like Your Highness. Well, I'm glad someone liked it, because that brings me on to my history, and my one's tumultuous. You're the bystander, Ryan. I saw this movie at the end of high school. I remember very, very vividly it was, like, the very beginning of, like, the holidays or the ending time. All post my exams? Uh, post exams. Yep. Finish that. And one of my friends, who's clearly insane, um, like, we all have insane friends, uh, she, she likes movies purely based on what actor, director they like. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. They're, they're the person who's like, Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland is great. And I'm like, did you watch it? they're like, it is great. It's got Tim Burton in it. And he made it and Johnny Depp's in it. I'm like, okay. And she was a big fran- fan of James Franco. Big, big fan. Big, huge fan of the Frank. Oh. And this was a thing. In, an event was created for us to watch this movie as a group to celebrate the fact that we had just finished our exams. And Are I was... Are you ap- sure you weren't celebrating James Franco? We always celebrate James Franco. It's, it, you don't need an event for that. It's a lifestyle. Um, and we had to, I had to go over to my friend's house and she lives very, very, very far away in the same town, but like she lives in the bush. So you have to like navigate and pretty much hike your way and all that. And, and, and we're sitting in her house watching this movie and, and, and she's the only one laughing. No one else, including myself, laughed. I didn't find this film funny when I first watched it. I, I felt it lacked a lot of jokes, a lot of humour, and that was my downfall. You know, ever since then, I've been spiralling since. I made a big, big mistake. Almost as big as they make Zoe Deschanel's breasts in this movie, which are huge for some reason. I've seen her in other films and TV shows. Her breasts are not this big in those... You know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, look at them now. I mean, I'm very surprised. But yes, that was my epic story. A tragedy. And today, I'm willing to make amends to Franco and the filmmakers involved. Have another go at this film. I watched it again with a smile on my face. I laughed. I cried. I felt. Time has changed you. Time has healed wounds inside (laughs) of me, Jules. A wound you didn't even know existed. Well, it's internal, so you can never really know. Uh, Jules... What do you internally? <laughs> inside you internally? Yeah, like, in- internal. Like, it's inside her internal. That's a bit redundantly redundant. No, it's like, you know, internally you have a stomach? Yes. Well, what's inside that? Food, dummy. Yeah, but there's other things, but that's what I mean. Inside, I mean, internal. Because your stomach is internally inside you, yeah? But what's inside that? See, that's what I'm asking. What's Food. In, what's, a babushka doll. A babushka doll. Oh. Of James Franco. Mistake. Of James Franco. <laughs> and inside of that is, uh, is like, James Dave Frank- Franco. Dave Franco. Dave <laughs> Franco, yeah. And inside that is, like, it keeps Dave going. Franco's food. Dave, no. Dave Franco's sperm. Stomach. And oh. it just keeps going. Stomach full of his sperm. Alison Brie, but let's not... Guys, the funny face scene! No. You missed a triangle face. Fun fact, I missed it the first time I watched it too. Um, Jules, Jules, what is your history with this amazing film? Well, I watched it a long time ago. It was one of those things where I went over to a friend's house. 2011, was it? Well, yeah, around that. It wouldn't have been before that, would it? You might have got an early screening. That's true. Oh, like um, I did. Jules knows a lot of people. 
I do. <laughs> She's connected. She knows me. Yay! And that's enough? <laughs> so you're saying you saw this a while ago. Yeah, at a friend's house. That's the first time I saw it, and it was kind of one of those, oh, what do you want to watch? I don't care. Let's just pull this out and watch it. Same thing. Didn't really care for it that much. And then I watched it. Again. Again. For this? Yes. The smile on her face, she cried. If you could see Jules' smile right now, it would make you think what's inside you internally. You know, it's that good. So, talking about something that looks like that's something inside of you, Toby Jones is on the screen just currently, or just a moment ago. What do we think of him as an actor? He's an actor that's appeared in everything. He's in the Marvel movies, he's in Harry Potter. I already mentioned he's in Saint Trinian's. He's in Harry Potter, yeah? Yes, yes, he's Dobby. Nailed this. All right, yeah. Well, we Last just... time we had Toby Jones on the show, on it, like he was here. I was saying he was in the Harry Potter movies, and I was told, no, he's not. I'm right. Just want to prove that now while we're still got it. Wasn't it that when we had Lauren on, who we always have on when there's Harry Potter actors, we didn't mention it in the episode because we didn't realize, and then um, afterwards we had that argument, so it probably wasn't on the show. Well, listen to Saint Trinian's Two, Legend of Fritten's Gold, to find out if I mentioned Toby Jones. <laughs> So, what do we think of him as an actor? We've seen him in much? I've seen him in... Well, I've now that you mentioned Dobby, that makes it up to maybe five films I can think of I've seen with him. I've seen him dickless, Ryan, so I've seen him all. Yes. What were the five things? So we've got St. Trinian's uh, one and the two. The two Harry Potters and then the three movies we've Is done Is he only in two Harry Potters? Yeah, he's in the second one and then the second last one. But in the books, Dobby's in almost all of them. Yeah. Weird. I thought he was yeah. in more. That's a weird. That's a weird change they made for the movie. Fuck like, you, movies. Because screw it, your perfect casting of the kids. I don't care. Because the idea was that like you you see Dobby throughout all the books, and then when he spoiler alert dies, it's spoiler, more, it's more sad. But as it was to, sad. As opposed to hey, remember this guy from two thousand three or whatever? Yeah, but he was memorable. He was the first was, real CGI yeah. character you had in those films. Yeah, yeah, that's a fully good point. CG. How dare you undercut? Cut that socks in. How dare you undercut <laughs> his stab wound because he got stabbed to death? How dare you? He got Wait, stabbed. Wait, did I undercut it? Yeah, you. Oh. You're undercutting. Chamber in of Secrets. Fuck it's you. Chamber it's of Secrets is. In the books. <laughs> Chamber of Secrets is my favorite of the films. I didn't say it wasn't memorable. I just said it's that the he best didn't... one. It has <laughs> spiders in it. You remember the spider oh, scene? Not the spiders. Not the spiders. And it has the two headed. Dog? Was that, that was in the second one? It was a three-headed three dog in the first one, Ryan. Oh, it's not in the it second one? It was a Cerberus. Oh, that's in the first one, not the second one? Fuck, I'm already fucking this... Oh, they're the same movie, you know it. So this Well, that is... means that you like both So, wait, wait. Films. So you've seen him in St. Trinian's 1 and 2. That's two films. Yep. The Harry two... Potter 1 and 2. Yep. Uh, you know, two films. And then this. That's five. That's the five that I can think of. You haven't of. watched any of the Captain America movies? He's, I've he's in, seen he's, Winter Soldier. He's in that? Who was he? He was the evil computer that told him the oh, entire yeah, plan. True. That was, you know, in Captain America Winter Soldier, the bit in which you find out, spoiler alert, that Hydra is in fact S.H.I.E.L.D. all along. He goes to this underground base with his old computer with a Nazi inside of it. He was in the first movie as a Nazi. It's not like he just randomly went, hey, you know who we need is a Nazi computer? Toby Jones. <laughs> like, that's the only guy. So you've seen him in six movies. Mm, well, I mean, I heard him in one. No, I no. Guess. They use facial recognition. Well, you could say you only heard him in the Harry Potter movies. That's He's not physically point. there. Far out, but Okay, but right, if I recognize someone physically, then that's three movies now. Well, he looks like Dobby, doesn't he? He looks a bit more like the Emperor. 
from Star Wars. <laughs> I'm not even the Emperor from Harry Potter. You remember the Emperor from Harry no, Potter? I, I just realised, I'm like, oh, I should be more... Expelliarmus! <laughs> and just like I said back in the big stand episode, I, I mean when he was Palpatine in the prequels, not just in the robes. Oh, Look so at the dance. Jules, you dance, I imagine. Um, sure. Is he a good dancer? <laughs> Tremendous. I like that cake they have because it's like... Looks like 18 of, different cakes stacked like on top of each other. It's a bunch of cheese. Like, is it cheese? It looks like cottage cheese. I thought stacked. it was... It's like camembert. Oh my god, it's marshmallows. Who would have guessed? Oh, yeah. oh, look, it's the guy from Homeland. Um, just fun fact. I love that actor, Damien Lewis. He's he's playing a guy who's clearly not gay. You hear that, guys? Ryan loves him. I love him. I don't like Homeland, oddly enough, which is the one thing people know him from. <laughs> I don't like it. I'm not a big fan, man. So here's Zoe Deschanel in a scene. Zoe Deschanel. Even in the Middle Ages, she still gets bangs. Because <laughs> 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 you can't avoid the bangs. Have you had bangs? Yes, as a small child. She had to look. Jules had to you look up to the roof. Look up to the roof. Gaze away and go, yes, as a small child. It's like if I asked her, have you got banged? And you were like, yes, like haunted by me. Have you, have you had bangs? See, I was going for a domestic abuse joke. Jeez, Bart, like I'm going for a sex joke here. Jeez, it's not a joke if it's true. All right, guys, calm down. So, Bartek, have you had bangs? Because guys can have them too. Yes, when I was younger. <laughs> when I was a small way, child. Way back when. <laughs> when I was a small Franco. Hey, your hair right now, Bartek, looks exactly like James Franco's oh, hair. Oh, shit. Yeah, Far I, out. My mum keeps telling me I need a haircut. And I look like the guy from Horrible Histories that's in this movie. <laughs> I don't know why he's in this movie. Ryan and I, we both pointed him out before we did this episode for different reasons. He's the guy from Horrible Histories that plays the Viking characters a lot and plays all the great characters in the TV show Horrible Histories. Whereas for me, he looked very much like the tallest trapper from the film Cannibal the Musical by, the... by Trey Parker and Matt Stone, the creators of South Park. No, I thought you were going to say the creators of Basketball. <laughs> That's um, what they're famous for. Yeah, not Book of Mormon or South Park. Fuck that! <laughs> Basketball. So... Team America. The plot of this movie, guys, is very intrinsic to that of a fantasy. Because this is, of course, a Pineapple Express version of a fantasy story. It's what happens if we did get the stoners of today, James Franco, Danny McBride, and stick them in a fantasy story. Let's be honest, Zoe Deschanel too. (laughs) Well, I did see... The happening, and she was high as shit in that. I saw Yes Man, and in that film, you know, people would have to say yes to my questions. Yes, uh, man. Yeah, man. She's been on the show, hasn't she? I don't. Think Zoe Deschanel. So. Far out. It's been too long. I feel like she'd fit in in Band Slam, but you know. <laughs> yeah, as as the drug dealer. Imagine the drug dealer that was cut from the movie. Well, there were no drugs in that film. Exactly, either. cut. <laughs> It was a Disney film, right? It was. They've well, had I drugs mean, in Disney movies. They wanted it to be like, you know, the High School Musical. So I was gonna say they've had actors who have taken drugs. Every actor's <laughs> taken drugs. Specifically in so Queensland. we've all had brothers that wanted us to be their best man, and we've decided to literally run around I've with got, sheep. I've got a younger brother. <laughs> you 
he's still his best man. Isn't James Franco the young younger brother my, in this? Because my younger brother James, would be my best man. James oh, Franco's older. the older brother. Fuck. It's in real life one's older. What did you say, Julesies? I said because uh, my younger brother would be my best man too. Yeah, wouldn't he? Why aren't I your best man? I would not, not show best. up to the wedding and run around with sheep. And then we can go on a quest in which that's never brought up. we still need to discover what my nether regions consist of? Legs! We already talked about this. No, it's toes. Toes and, and breasts. That's where it all started. What about knees? Knees are important. No, you only have the back of knees. Okay. <laughs> like, no fronts. So, this yeah. film is... Let's just break down the plot for those who are a bit lost. That woman just clutched her chest. Good acting. Um, it implies that she's a virgin. It's a joke, Ryan. No, it implies that she's having a heart attack. They grab their arm, Ryan, not their chest. It implies that... That's where the heart is, but in the chest. The heart's in the... She actually has breasts. No, she didn't <laughs> grab her breasts. Wait, she Ryan, had a flat chest. Ryan, you do know that they do grab their arms, right? What?! The heart isn't in the arm. They don't grab. They grab their. Where is this guy coming from? When the heart's in the arm. What is the heart's loser. not in the arm? But like people that have heart attacks, they grab their arms. But, he, but she was grabbing her chest, Barzak. I didn't see the cut scene where she grabbed her arm. Oh, was she going towards her arm? But like it cut <laughs> yeah, away man. before she got there. Oh my god! I like how he has three mums. It's already my hard mom, enough having mom, one. Um, never explained why he has three mums either. He says, like, take it. <laughs> if he ever says, my mum's the bitch, do they all get upset? Or do they all, like, accuse each other of being Ah, uh, that's bitch? a question for another day. It's, it's the big mystery. <laughs> so the plot of this movie for you guys, if you're lost, is very, very easy to understand. There's because a it's prophecy. Ba- it's based on, yeah, old fantasy films. There's, so a, there's a prophecy in which an evil wizard will impregnate... A virgin, I think. Isn't it? No, it's just that he loses his virginity in the fucking, right? No, no, that's for him specifically, I think. I think <laughs> it's just it's just he has to have sex and and impregnate a woman so on the on the eclipse of the two moons you remember this, yeah. yeah. Eclipse of the two moons so that he can impregnate her easier with magic and she can give birth to a dragon that he will control, allegedly. I'm very happy that the movie brings up the fact that does he? Uh, and our heroes must stop this from happening because dragons, if Game of Thrones has taught us anything, are bad. Yep. Pretty much. And uh, James Franco is the best prince in the land and best adventurer and he has to bring his dopey brother along with him. And they go on shenanigans. But specifically, he wants to bring him. Yeah, no, he wants to. He really loves him. James Franco is really straight-faced in this movie, oddly enough. I think that's... That shot right there, he looked a bit like Keanu Reeves. He (laughs) is him. They're both woeing. So, Danny McBride is a loser. He learns to become a winner. And that's the film for you. I know it's... I missed some complexities. There was no Minotaur dick referenced in that synopsis, but (laughs) it's a a poignant thing. Well, synopses shouldn't have spoilers, so that's good. Some do, though. Yeah. I I guess if a spoiler happens very early in the film, it's kind of unavoidable. Yeah, The apocalypse happens. No, no, it's like... You say the character's name, Thaddeus. Spoiler! I didn't need to know that. Like, I wanted to see that in the cinema. Jesus. Now I'm going to cut my wrist because I don't want to know anything anymore. Bartek. Yeah, I... Yeah. Here's the title of the film. It's too much. <laughs> I go in wanting to see generic film yeah. 14. You have to be subtle like me when I said your heine multiple times. Your what? Your heine. You know this film is very much Game of Thrones when they literally have 
Tywin Lannister as their dad. <laughs> with a wig. <laughs> That's a fun fact for all of you who don't know about Game of Thrones. Like me. Oh, well, I'll make it easier for, the, for you. That's Charles Dance. That's his <laughs> real name. Charles Dance. He's Why not a dancer. Why isn't he dancing? He's not a dancer. I s- he was in the movie Alien, Alien 3. So I, I suppose one thing we should point out <laughs> about Charles Dance is that in this film... Um, He's their dad. Wait, wait, can we... Uh, just The guy from Horrible Histories just made a joke that I really like. People putting armor on him, and he's looking at himself through his dagger, like, reflected in his dagger, mm-hmm. but he was looking at the dagger the wrong way around. Like, he didn't have it, like, flat against him. He had it, like... He was facing the sharp part? The sharp edge towards him. Okay. It's like, how's he looking? Was he was lo- in the part with the least amount of surface area. Yeah, there was maybe, no surface Maybe he wanted to look at the ceiling, but not turn his head up. Yeah. So you about to say something magical about it? Charles Dance. So we point out that this film is in the vein of the stoner comedies. Um, yeah. But Charles Dance is one of the characters in this film who plays it rather straight. Yeah. So that's something worth acknowledging. The fact that this is a very bizarre world, but here is a very not bizarre man. I have a very serious question now. That um, you know, we've had fun and fun times and joking, but now it's, now it's time to crack down. Okay. Okay. Put your erections down, girls. Stevens here. Stevens here. Um, for a stoner comedy. <laughs> Did you expect there to be any pot humor in the movie? And were you surprised that there was literally one scene of it in the movie? Well, here's my thing. I walked into this film pretty much only knowing that it's a Danny McBride film. Called Your Highness. Called Your Highness. And the the high thing actually went over my head. Oh, good. It went high above. Yes. I <laughs> Look, her breasts. It's ludicrous. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. I didn't, I didn't Since know. Since when? What do you mean? Just- as it since when were they ever that big? They've never been that big before oh, or I after. Thought you, I thought she was being like, since when's that ludicrous? Since when's it ludicrous? But no, seriously. Like, I've watched her and many other things. They really work in her breasts in this. That's why it made me think of the film Big Stan. Because in that movie, they used prosthetic breasts oh, yeah, yeah, on yeah. one of the women. Oh, yeah. And that, I the looked up woman. all the facts. No facts have been given about the prosthetic of breasts in this because they're a lot larger. But then in other scenes... They're really small and flat, like normal. Just like, no offense, but that's just what they are. Lots of padding. Lo- so much, I guess. So much padding. Alright, guys, remember, we're in serious times. Oh, yeah, Sorry. serious times. So we're, we're talking so about I, stoners and comedies, and you didn't walked, get your highness? I walked into this film. I missed the double entendre of the highness thing being like, oh, royalty, like, and also you're being high, like uh, on drug. Um, no, really. <laughs> and, you know, wouldn't it be weird if they spelled it your as in you are? You know, fun fact, when I went to Google this film... To you go, wrote it as that, didn't you? No, no, I... Like, my keyboard didn't register the Y-O. So it was like, you are highness. I'm like, oh, it still works. It still gave me what I wanted. I didn't think of that, and it was brilliant. So you were, um, we keep interrupting you. So yes. Well, you interrupted me too. Sorry, go on. You obsessed with tits. I said... No, we, I was accusing we, Ryan, not you. I said, we keep interrupting you. Oh. You just went... It's only you. It's only you. Jules apologizing. You. You're like, I forgive you, but it's Ryan who's really interrupting. It's because you have a history, oh. a horrible. That history. is racist. Um. So look, I actually didn't know that this was set in the medieval ages, middle ages, until I watched it. So I walked into this quite blind. Yeah, he did. So and I, and because I missed the whole high on tundra, 
it was really bizarre when I read about this film afterwards and said, this is a stoner version of a fantasy film. Like, was it? Was it? Yeah, they, good question. No one, was, no one was high. I mean, people did smoke things. and I, Yeah, Jane Franco's about to do it. I guess you could argue with the, the sheep scene and this upcoming scene with the nice man um, that, yeah, there was some some stoner humour, but I wouldn't call it really a stoner fantasy film. No, right? I wouldn't call it a stoner comedy. There are more rocks than there are stoners. Mm. Wow, that's great, because this scene just happened. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the silly face! <laughs> Uh, no, 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 no. Look at that silly thing. I think that's the thing that really weakened this film. It's called. Wait a moment. I'm going to stop even just there. Jules, I'm going to look you dead in the eyes right now. Bartek thought a film called Your Highness was not set in the medieval ages. <laughs> I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> like, Is that that movie? <laughs> what do you think? You know well, that okay, okay. Ro- first, first off, one. He didn't get the double on Tundra. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. It's a bit yeah. cle- It's a bit clever. But uh, then, then you're really tripping me where you're like, it's called Your Highness. I didn't think it was going to be set medieval times. I, I, I know you you're going to be like, yeah, you know there's royalty now. Yeah. yeah, but what genre of film exists about the modern royalty? Like, like, you know what I mean I, by that? No. I, well, comedies are always all over the place, so they could have been anywhere with their yeah, yeah, but... I know you're making justifications, but Jules understood what I meant. It's like it's like and going fe- into year one and thinking that it's in two thousand and one. It could have been when I would have loved. To be fair, to be fair, year Michael, one setting was kind of all over the place. I would have liked Michael Sarah to be in a nine eleven movie comedy, <laughs> in which <laughs> in which he was the pilot and he accidentally spilled his coffee on his oh, pants shit. and he's like, and, no, no, that's not that's not Michael Sarah. He oh, was like the wise he, wizard. He would spill bed. coffee on his pants and be like. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and crash into the towers. I am not equipped for this. I am not equipped I for don't this. Think... And, then, and then you have subtitles that have, like, internal struggle come up <laughs> on the screen. It's like... Oh. I don't think Michael Sarah would say jeez. No, he does. You've never watched Arrested Development, have you? No, I haven't. He says it a lot in that. Oh. Well, there you go. And think 2001 Michael Sarah? Definitely. Ryan, what did you think of Wise with a Z wizard? I really like the fact that they used a practical effect for him. Like, he was a puppet. Mm, kind of I, like Yoda. Yeah. Here's a question that I think I need answering. How does he clip his nails? Maybe he doesn't. Maybe. Oh, no, no, no I got the answer. Magic motherfucker. That's a quote <laughs> from the film, in case you weren't aware. Um, what did you, I think of the pedophile? I, I love the Which pedophile. Which pedophile? What pedophile? James Franco. Oh. <laughs> you know that, right? <laughs> you know James oh, no. Franco has really? been accused of underage sexting and shit like that. Because he? Yeah, he tried to organise a sex date with a 15-year-old um, Scottish girl when he was over in Scotland. Yep. 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 We talked oh. about this on the Wizard of Oz one that we did. Yep. <laughs> okay, then I shouldn't be surprised, but I guess I forgot. I love... You shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Correct. There's an interview with Dave Franco in which... Um, I think it's Conan O'Brien is just like showing him photos of what James Franco's doing at that time in his life. And it's like James Franco's posting selfies of himself where he's like showing pretty much all of his body naked except for he's like got a bit covering his dick. And all of this stuff and him with like body pillows. And that was the paintings time too. And the way he was doing all these weird paintings and all that. I and he did... actually said to Dave, what's happening with your brother? And Dave, Dave genuinely nice guy just breaks that nicety just as like 
I really don't know. <laughs> like he's like he's sounding... sorry, but I can't give you I, an answer. I did find it very funny when I read the IMDb trivia, and it said that James Franco had to fly between because he was doing Los Angeles study. and Belfast because he was doing college classes full time. Yeah, and he and he finished it. What a legend! In two thousand, what a highness. I like how we never see the compass open again. <laughs> In fact, we never see it used ever again, except for opening something. Wasn't there one where it's... Where, like, it's stolen, but, like, it never gets used. They never open it up and be like, ha, ha, ha. I could have sworn there was one occasion, but you've seen this film twice. I've seen it th- thrice this, this time, right? This is right? a thrice time. Throw, throw, try, rum. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay? He's having a stroke. Do we need to hold your arm? Bartek! Hold your arm, you're having a heart attack. No, Ryan, I'm going to hold my chest. That's where my heart is. Makes logical sense, Bartek. Bartek's holding his nose because he's having a penis attack. Why are you making shit up, Ryan? (laughs) When I get jerked off, I want you to hold the shaft and punch the knob like this pedophile here does. Let's go back to the film, Ryan. How did you like the way he speaks? Yeah, you know, I felt like it's surprising, actually, that Dave Franco's brother James and Danny McBride both kept their accents through the movie. I was talking about the wizard. I know you were. (laughs) I just didn't want to answer you. I I was going to say that I... uh, He sounded like Cheech Marin. (laughs) I was going to say that he didn't sound like him, but he reminded me of... You know how Trey Parker has that kind of voice that you really recognise in South Park? Aduka Aduka! Yeah, that one? That one, yeah. No, the way he speaks, he has this like inflection that I I think all of his characters have, and I felt like this wizard here well, kind he... of was going close to that inflection. And in fact, if that wizard was played by Trey Parker, then I think it. Who also is the new villain in Despicable Me Three? Trey Parker is. Yeah. That's good. That he's does it shows it shows you that <laughs> no. even it shows you that even the um you know the most criticalist of humorists today also like to sell out. <laughs> well, I mean, Ryan, he's trying to break into the voice acting industry. Oh, good. <laughs> the animation industry. He hasn't been doing that for years. Has he? Um, this reminds me very much of My Friday Night's Out, in which Jules cuts open an animal and makes me eat its heart for a practical joke, and I never learn. Yes, Daenerys Targaryen. <laughs> no, this is before that. This inspired Game of Thrones. I get that. <laughs> you get that? You do get how Danny McBride is Daenerys? Yes. <laughs> I want to see his tits. <laughs> do you want to see him emerging naked out of the flames? That's the best part of Game of Thrones, is not only that every season she's naked, but every time a season pops around, Amelia Clark has a big feminist rant about, like, I am not getting naked anymore because I'm more respectable than that. I and then she gets naked. Come on, guys, get your dicks out. <laughs> no, that, that. I mean, Kevin Bacon addressed that, but my favorite thing is like she just keeps as an actress being like, "I'm not gonna do it," and then repeatedly does it more and more. I think it's like a tactic for the audience to be like, oh, "I'm not gonna get it this time round." Oh my god, there it is! <laughs> like you got to keep them interested. <laughs> like that's it. For all the Harry Potter fans out there, the first word he says is Hufflepuff in this shot no that's not for the Harry Potter fans that's for the St. Trinian's fans about <laughs> is it for all the Harry Potter fans you're gonna see him with no clothes on in a minute and that's for you <laughs> if you want to see Dobby with no dick you're getting it <laughs>
I'm just trying to spread awareness Why for the... Why are you guys reacting to the fact that I keep mentioning that he has no dick in this movie? I can't get over the fact that they show him dickless. Because, Ryan, we're waiting for you to bring up the mechanical bird. Okay. I really like Steven the Lizard. He's my favourite character. Just saying. <laughs> Jules, you had a favourite character? Was it Steven? <laughs> Spelled with a V? In case you wanted to be like, is it PH? No, it's a V. Backwards. Because it's medieval oh, times. A mirrored V. A mirrored V. Are you sure it's not upside down? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, then it'll be a carrot. <laughs> a mirrored. Can I just say, a mirrored V sounds like the best sexual band name ever. Like, Jules is the front woman for Mirrored V, in which the band would wear nothing. Like, they would wear nothing but, like, a, a shard of mirror. On like over their over their nether regions, oh, and it's in the shape of a V. A single shard over all their nether regions, Ryan. A singular, yeah. Even though there are multiple nether. Well, you know, it can cover. You, you didn't hear how big it was, did you? How do you cover both the vavu and the bum bum? You know, the bum's already covered. Like you don't see the butthole just usually because of the cheeks. Just don't turn around. Don't no, not only that. Don't turn around. Bend over and then spread your ass cheeks out for them to see the butthole. I mean, you know that. You know what I mean by that. Don't do Jules. No matter what the creepy guy in the alley says to you, oh, and that creepy guy is Toby Jones. <laughs> look at this. I like Danny McBride. Really want to make sure his eyes were. Oh open my god! Look right. He has no dick. Did you see? Did you notice that the first two times you watched it? I actually didn't. I thought that he had a big horse dick. I'm glad that we could see Toby Jones' oh, butthole. I thought watching... he had a small figurine of Dobby there. He did. <laughs> How's it hanging? Like, How's it hanging, bro? <laughs> With super glue. Ah. I, uh, and were you guys surprised by this plot twist that they all are working for? The bad guy whose name is Lazar? I kind of was, yeah. I wasn't. I mean, I saw it already once, but like... <laughs> but the first time you watched it when you the were The first laughing? time, the first time, the first time, I'll be honest, I was also not surprised because it's Damien Lewis and he's always a bad guy. Oh, you're cheating again, Ryan. Cheating by using your brain. <gasps> Fuck. It's fucking Gabriel Byrne effect. <laughs> it's the Gabriel Byrne effect in which every time you see Gabriel Byrne in something... It's always like, surprise, he's a villain. I'm like, surprise, I guessed, because he's always a villain, except for, like, in Miller's Crossing, and even then he's an anti-hero. So, Bartek, you're, you're a newcomer. Jules and I were experts, and Jules is a Franco-spurt, you know, which sounds dirtier than it needs to be. Franco-spurt sounds like something that, like, teenagers all go through. It sounds like something James Franco gives to you. <laughs> he's Franco-spurt. It's a sexual... Th- oh, no, Stephen! Oh, no. I'm glad bearded dragons were a big thing back then. So, but you're you're newcomer. Dude, what if the dragon that Lazar gets is was it was it was a bearded dragon that came out and no, it, was it was like Stephen? A... It was Stephen specifically. What if it was uh, a dragon with a beard? Don't you like that Chinese people were here for the Middle Ages to be a part of the evil wizards army? I'm very glad that representation's being shown. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad. Mm-hmm. What I was going to say about it was, you're new to this film and its universe. I'm not new to this show, though. <laughs> hey. Okay. Jules, you're new to the show. <laughs> no, she's not. Relative she was in, like... She's a new host now, if you don't shut up. <laughs> she was, like... She debuted just after a dozen episodes, Ryan. She's not new. A baker's dozen. So, what I was going to say about it was, this universe, 
It's a comedy. We've talked about comedies a lot before on the show. This comedy is a bit different, though, to something like E1. It has gruesome violence, special effects that are pretty A-grade. It has A-grade dong humor. It has mysteries. It has a plot. What was some of the things about that that really struck with you, you know? Was was there something that really stood out or surprised you even? I th- Other than it was set in the medieval ages and <laughs> that it was a stoner comedy, that it wasn't actually a stoner comedy? Hold on a second. This is set in the medieval ages? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was in 2001 as well. Yeah. Um, no, that's year one, Ryan. Fuck! Shit. Um... Like you did mention the whole thing about the dicks. Um, did I? Yeah. Oh, good. It had good dick humour. You said that. Oh, A-grade dong humour was the exact thing I would uh, Ah. I said that to both you and Jules when getting ready for this. I'm like, oh, this film has A-grade dong humour. It yeah. does. So I have, yeah, proof of that. So you have... <laughs> <laughs> what is... I, I have proof Wait, of that. Like, like I have a... me. Let's go with that. I have a dong. I have proof. <laughs> is that the nether region? No. No. That's on her face. Okay. So, you were saying? Um, I know that it's a common notion in Hollywood films that, yeah, you can show dicks, but you can't really show vaginas and stuff like that. Yeah. Despite that, I don't think I see all that many, like, actual dick jokes in films, despite the fact that they are more... You don't go out to films. Maybe maybe I've just been missing them and watching the wrong films. I've been watching the non-dick films. Yeah. So I, I felt like it was really... You haven't seen you know, Baywatch, then? <laughs> the new Baywatch? Yeah. Does There's a five-minute dick sequence in which somebody gets their dick trapped in a... in a um a, What do you call it? A sunbathing chair? Yeah? They get it trapped in that, and for five minutes, it's them smacking their dick, trying to get it out of there. Yeah. Or, or what about the scene in the new Baywatch where... um This is true. Zac Efron has to go to the morgue. Oh, that one. And he has to, and he jerks a guy, a dead guy's dick, because Dwayne the Rock Johnson's a dick, and tells him to do it. I was yep. gonna say, what about American Pie? Like, I mean, he fucks a pie, but you don't actually see dicks as much in that. Oh yeah. You see True. more titties. Yeah, funny thing. You see more puss in that. What about the super glue? No. Yeah, again. Yeah. Funny thing with um. <laughs> Feels so disappointed. Yeah, yeah, you proved me right there. <laughs> funny thing with the Baywatch thing is um, because that's a movie based off of an old property. Um, not as old as the medieval ages, but yeah. It isn't? No. Well, that just ruins my point. No, um, so <laughs> I was I was at a high school recently um, teaching year seven classes. Yeah, he was there, he was le- le- there legally, unlike James Franco would be. Yes, legally. Um, we just need to clarify that. <laughs> yeah. We've already brought up pedophilia. Thanks for watching my back, Ryan. Um, and I remember one of the things my supervisor said was she was pulling out examples of something related to mime. And I can't remember what it was, but she related it to Baywatch. I'm glad somebody did. <laughs> and, and I was—I hadn't heard of the fact that there was a new Baywatch film. I was like, why are you telling these 13-year-olds like references to this really... Because they've also watched Borat. <laughs> ah, right. They would have been like four years old when yeah. Borat came out. So they would have seen That's it. That's depressing. Oh, um, yeah, I know. Um, but I was also going to say the fact that this is a comedy... We've mo- mentioned multiple times that this, oh, this is what go. I was thinking of. Oh, shit. You're right. There's a shot. And <laughs> I think what you were mistaken of, Ryan, was that this is the s- probably the same day as when they got it. So yeah. it probably like stuck out in your head. Um, 
regarding it being a comedies, we've you specifically, Ryan, on this show have mentioned multiple times, and I think recently you've mentioned it in both of the Man films. Uh, sorry, not the House films. I fucked up. You know, the film based on the TV show House with Hugh Laurie. No, I no, love no, those no. films. I meant bringing down the house and Man of the House. Yeah, um, I don't see what I said was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned in those episodes and multiple ones before it how there are older types of films from you know earlier last decade and before where they were more written comedies yeah. written comedies and then there were the improvised comedies that came after which are more like this film this film um, yeah. year one uh any warfare comedy you can name yep what's the i almost called it the due date what's the the, the guilt trip <laughs> i don't know what else no due date be. is the film you're thinking of no i said i said jew as in like jewish you fucking racist <laughs> Jews not a race. Um, it's a cold those are the more improvised ones, and I feel like when we bring that up, we're kind of bringing this notion that improvised comedies, you know, aren't as good or can't be good. But I think this film stands as a testament that these improvised comedies can do just fine. Yeah, like this guy improvised eating shit, you know, and and that reminds me of Year One when Jack Black literally had to eat shit as mm-hmm. well. Yep. Um, that's true. You know, with this script, they did write a script, Jules, and the director said... (laughs) In quotes, they wrote a script. (laughs) The director said, we never had a copy of the script on set because we didn't need it. Because it was unfinished, wasn't it? Because they just, no, because they were just like, ah, screw it, let's just... They were too busy smoking it? They they were just, no, they, they would have had it on set to smoke it, Jules. Jeez. I just said they didn't bring it on because they improvised their way through it. And I watched over five minutes of bloopers of this film on YouTube. And How can were... you do a blooper if there is no script? And indeed, there were many blooper flubs of lines that were not in the final film. <sighs> Classic. Including a conversation in which Charles Dance kind of breaks that playing it straight uh, uh, way Exterior. of acting. Exterior, that's a good word. Um, and they have, a, they have a conversation about how one of... Uh, one of Danny McBride's biggest fuck ups. What's his name? Thabius? Thabius? Fabian. They have very similar names, these brothers. Fabius and Thaddeus. Thaddeus. Where one of Thaddeus's big fuck ups was that apparently he, like, burnt down a village in the south or something. Yeah. And um, Charles Dance kept, like, building upon it, building upon it. Like, you did this. They were good for this. They were good for this. And then Danny McBride's uh, Thaddeus says. But it was full of Mexicans. Oh, And no. it made Charles Dance kind of like... Uncomfortable. I, I don't know uncomfortable, but it kind of made him not know how to continue that joke. Like Because there is no continuation. Like, he actually broke it. He's like, they're full of what? And that was kind of the end of that... Uh, and that was the end of that blooper scene. reel. Well, Jules. it was the end of that specific... In fact, that was the only thing that he was in the blooper reel of. Oh, Jules, your favourite part. Tits. <laughs> she doesn't have tits. We're They're covered tits. by hair. Whatever is beneath the hair, we don't know well, until Ryan, the town of tits. We, oh my god, I see some nips. We have dick oh jokes. No. We have fake dicks. You know, we have actual drawn tits. We have yet even to mention the real fact that Natalie Portman rocks up in this movie to be semi naked. Was it Natalie Portman or Kira Knightley? Nat Portman. Nat, Nat Portman. I know oh. my bend it like Beckham's from my V from v from Vendettas. Jeez. <laughs> Far out, man. One Ladies and gentlemen, that was Ryan not continuing the running joke. That was different this time round. 
Okay. Because you know how I noticed it was different this time around? How, Ryan? She didn't kick a soccer ball. Ah. <laughs> yeah, like, Keira Knightley would do that for me. And, and, I she didn't Keira Knightley hotter. So, you know, Keira Knightley go. didn't kick a soccer ball in Thunderpants. No. <laughs> Every time I mention that, the <laughs> Music Academy... <laughs> I Kira Knightley rocked up in the film Thunderpants. It's the closest she ever got to being in a Harry Potter movie. Because Ron Weasley is the star of that, one of the stars. So, Jules, you're a woman. How did it presumably. feel? Presumably, by the lack of tits yeah. and the many nether regions. But the lots of back of knees. Now, this town, how did it make you feel when it's like, oh, yes, a town of. It's more of a fort. No, it's it's indicated that they live in the forest, so it's like a forest town, like a forest dwelling. It kind of reminds me of um. My life. The, no, Futurama. Futurama with the, the um snoo snoo. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, I wish they got snoo snooed in this episode too. Oh, I got snoo snooed. I got snoo snooed Wait, so hard. We, we're we're watching this muted, but with subtitles. He really is saying bees. Bees. Like, he, he keeps saying the word bees, and I thought I was mishearing him, but the subtitles are telling us that he's calling people bees. Yeah, because he's the queen bee. Ah, that's... It's like a, it's a hive mind thing, you know, female bees are the queen, you know, the better, but I don't know why he's a man. I don't know. It's Because it's, it's funny. So he dies and they all die. It's funny, Ryan. He's yeah. a man, and this guy looks like he's from Zoolander, and... You, you know? know, this guy, this guy, I like the joke with him that he's, like, some kind of, like, a male stripper that's fighting. Like, the way he dance, like, he does the... The Vegas showman kind Vegas of Vegas showman, um, you know, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day climactic dance. And, <laughs> you know, in that, in that film, in that film I just mentioned, Alexander, he has strip, male strippers rock up at his 12-year-old party. Uh, yeah, Steve Carell really organised that well. But it's okay, he said, no, 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 this is PG, and then they just did... No, the mum said, no, 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 it's PG. Oh, the mum said it. Um, but in this movie, this isn't PG, we see lots of gruesome violence. Were you taken aback, Jules, by some of the violence? Are you squeamish? No, not really. No, not really. I've got many nether regions. I don't squeam. <laughs> squeam. Squeam. So there's not that bit where they scalped a dude and the dude was fine? You know, if you get scalped, you're not fine, right? No, I know well, that. No, you are fine because a few shots later, he was not scalped. Yeah. <laughs> no, they threw his hair back at him, remember? Oh, and he connected it. Come on. He grabbed it and put it back on. Nothing a little duct tape won't fix. Fix? Fix. Fix. Nothing a bit of duct tape won't fix, especially in the Middle Evil Ages. Metal evil. <laughs> metal Guys, evil. New, new no rule. metal. Like, oh, she's meddling in this again with her evil. <laughs> new rule for the show: we never say fix. We only say fix. Oh, is fix. this why it's bees? Because he's got yeah. a jar of mustard. <laughs> See, that, that confused me too. Because because I'm like, is he saying bees? Because that looks like honey. It Does looks it? like mustard. Thank you. Well, I mean, like in this, in like a Winnie the Pooh sense, like he's got. A Even in Winnie the Pooh, it's less mustardy. It's definitely not as viscous as what honey would be. Viscous. <laughs> I liked this. This was one of the fantasy elements that I really enjoyed. I like the idea of it, where he sticks his hand or whatever into this jar of goo, and it brings forth like a creature in the shape of whatever he's put in, like his hand or his face or whatever. I'm a bit confused of why it spits acid. 
You know what I mean? Like, how does he do that? Like, if I stick my hand in there, what physical gesture do I have to do to spit acid? Also, why aren't I spitting acid all the time? Also, this was a missed opportunity for a dick joke. Yeah, if he yeah. stuck his dick in there and then it came up as a vagina monster, it would have been like, get it, it's a twist. Because he's in charge of the women. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Oh, no, Jules, if I got poison in my um, upper thigh but not dick, clearly that wasn't his dick, would you suck the poison out? He'll die if he does. <laughs> nah, I'm walking away. Nah, I'm walking away. <laughs> oh, did the dying thing, like, sell you? Like, oh, well, absolutely not. I was considering it. Okay, I... well, how about if you were our slave in the Spartan and mine slave? Well, if I was a slave, then... I would have no choice, wouldn't I? Well, yeah, that's exactly right. So you're going to suck it. Suck it well, hard, Ryan, that's Jules. Not really, it's not really a choice then, Ryan. Fine, so... I'll make it a choice. You can die or you can suck it. There you go. Well, I don't really want to die, do I? There you go. The answer's clear. It's like in those James Bond movies where it's like, you can either work with me or die. It's like, well, shit, I want one of the options to be at least once death. I will die, thank you. And it's like, that's what James Bond does in all the movies. He's like, I'd rather die. And they're like, fine, I'm going to hit you in the balls with a piece of rope. Have fun. Have fun. Or I'm going to shoot a laser at your dick. Hey, why is it in James Bond movies they always want to hurt his dick? Like, I get it, he has sex a lot, but, like, they don't know that, the villains, most of the time. How do you know that, Ryan? Oh, that's right. Sometimes they use femme fatales to ensnare him. You're right. I'm a fucking idiot. So, did you think this was a man? Uh, no. Based on those eyes and my black brows, <laughs> no. I'm not going to take your anatomy workshop on this on this episode because Bartek in the past has made statements on anatomy that have far exceeded expectations, such as Jack Black in the film Gulliver's Travel. We alluded to this. Had the haircut yeah. of midgets. <laughs> like, I'm like, you know, you midgets know, I have walk- a specific haircut. You know, I walk into this episode wanting to make a callback to that, but then you beat me to it. <laughs> but no, look, she's got, like, eye makeup, so... Does she? She does. She does has she? very bountiful eyelashes. Those are the blood of her enemies. Like, hold on, am I, am I like, the weird one on this one? No, you are I, the weird one, I, yeah. I, As soon as I saw the hood and the eyes, oh, that's I knew, a woman. I knew, I, I knew even before that, because I'm like, well, that's the only one not showing their face, and Ryan. I know that Natalie Portman rocks well, up in the movie. Well, gee whiz, that looks like Natalie Ryan, Portman. <laughs> you, you apparently had me on the Your Highness thing, but you don't have me on the eyes thing. Okay, okay, here's something. Honestly, would it be a surprise to you if they lifted up the veil and it was Michael Sarah? Yes. <laughs> no, because he has very feminine well, features. But he- well, no, because this movie already has a Michael Sarah equivalent in Courtney. No, Courtney's more of your Jesse Eisenberg than your what? Michael Sarah. I think the because, opposite. No, 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 because Jesse Eisenberg plays Michael Sarah in types, but with a lot more arrogance. And Courtney in this movie shows a bit of arrogance. He swears, he talks to them not like they're equal, like they like they're equals more so. Well, Michael Sarah would be a lot less. I feel like in his I feel yeah, like Michael Sarah would wrong. show a lot less confidence. See this shot? That shows confidence. I Michael feel Sarah like, wouldn't. Well, Michael Sarah wouldn't be doing that. I feel like what is surpass, surpassing surpassing the arrogance is the fact that he's the butt of jokes, though. <gasps> Yeah, but, you know, that character is always going to be the butt of jokes, even if Jesse Eisenberg played it. I still think that the butt of joke thing is more of a Michael Sarah thing, though. See that, Michael? You're a butt of jokes. We still like you, though. 
do we? I keep putting on that voice. In this I don't episode. know. I'm liking Michael Sarah at the moment. He's in the revamp of Twin Peaks, and he's doing a Marlon Brando impersonation, and he Is can't. He? Yeah, yeah. His character's name's Wally Brando, and um, oh, and he's okay. born the same day as Marlon Brando, and he's like got the full like motorcycle outfit going on and he's speaking with a lisp because he's trying to do a Michael like Michael says trying to do a Brando impersonation and I was watching it and my girlfriend turned to me and goes what's with his voice and I just <laughs> as I stated out loud I was realising when I was standing like he's doing a Brando impersonation but you know who's the real Brando of this movie we are because- the body double of Natalie Portman here yeah that's not her body Natalie Portman doesn't like doing sexualized scenes or nudity. She tries to avoid it as much as possible. But Ryan, didn't she really want to be in this film? She definitely wanted to be in this. Oh, you're not going to bring up the trivia? I'll bring it up after my trivia, which is this scene here. Oh, Ryan's joke, yep. It's not a joke. This scene here was the marketing for this movie. Because the movie doesn't have jokes in it as much. It has contextual humour, Jules. In terms of... You can't tell me a joke that happened in this movie, but you could probably tell me in the movie what's funny is the fact that they use modern slang and terms, but it's funny because they're speaking with posh accents in medieval ages, but there's no jokes, say. There's not, like, a, a setup and a payoff and a punchline. So in a trailer term, that's very hard to create for a comedy. Without giving away pretty much everything. Yeah, but also selling, hey, it's a comedy. Because, you know, trailers are short, you've got to get to the point, show the funny bits. But this film doesn't have overtly funny bits, it's more contextual humour. Like, if you're watching it, you get the humour. There is no jokes, necessarily. So they had to pitch this movie in the trailer by just showing her semi-naked body. And, um, she does not like it, Natalie Borman. She's not one for nudity. She's done, like, a a short film in which it was, like, her naked, but, like, you don't see anything. It's, like, her being, like, you know, there's that episode Simpsons in which Marge and Homer have sex in a windmill at the putt-putt golf, and they have to try and run away back home because... And they've been covered up by all these different objects. It's, like, like, one of those kind of movies. And she talks to this day about how she regrets doing that movie because she doesn't like being naked on screen or on stage. So it's like, in this movie, they're like, we'll get a body double. I just thought that's an interesting fact. But Bartek... In this sequence here... If we... I said shame, would anyone understand that? Shame? Yeah. Do it's, I feel shame? It's a concept. Oh, no. As you mean the TV she, show? If she got a body double and I said shame... Shame. No, it's like, a Game of Thrones reference. I get you. I've already Shame. established that I don't watch Shame. it. So. Shame. Shame. Um, so, James Franco in this sequence here, I get that you wear, like, an undershirt with your armour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I'm already like, liking where this is going. I feel like his shirt is a bit too modern. What do you mean? <laughs> I just feel like you would see people today wearing the shirt. Well, that's the unfortunate thing about hipsters. They bring the retro back. <laughs> <laughs> but... It, and in the next shot, it's like in that episode of Seinfeld in which he wears like the the the, the um flousy shirt, like the pirate shirt, the pirate, puffy, shirt. the puffy shirt, the puffy shirt. Okay, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, and a t-shirt. It's a t-shirt. Look, I'll be blunt. In this scene, it gave me flashbacks to Scooby Doo too. Why is he? It, yeah, 
He looks like Shaggy in this show. Well, I think this scene... If it was green, it would be perfect. It is greenish. And also... I mean bright green. And also, this is a scene set at night (laughs) where the character that looks like Shaggy is getting emotional with a character here who's half, like, pet, half friend, (laughs) which is also a scene that was in Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed with Jules was on, which which when I watched this scene, I was like, is this one of the reasons why we're having Jules on for this episode? Yeah, of course. To connect the James Franco to the Oz the Great and Powerful and this scene to Scooby-Doo 2. You you know why they have him in a t-shirt, right? Because James Franco worked out his arms... In this movie, so he wants his arms to be shown as much as no, possible. No, he said, I will not do this film unless you show my arms. And he does. You see his arms when he first comes in. I was like, oh, he's, he got ripped for this. And then my girlfriend leaned over and went, not on leg day, though. And you do. <laughs> you look, his legs are like, eh, but his arms are like. Bruh. And as we read in the IMDb trivia, Ryan, how many months of something did he do? Lots of months of something. The answer is nine and sword lessons or sword. Play. Nine and baby. Was it fencing? <laughs> or no, just sword. Just sword play. So he learned how to do swords. It really shows in this movie. You know, when you see him holding a sword, you're like, he's holding it. He was teaching With his conviction. brother. With conviction. He was teaching Dave. No, no, teaching Dave Franco. Oh, I thought you meant in real life. It was like. <laughs> Hey, it's me, James. No, he was teaching his Danny McBride. <laughs> and Dave's like, hey, it's me, Dave. Let me let me teach you how to hold your sword. They're, they were training for the You're eventual... going to grip it at the base, Dave. <laughs> they were Burn. Training. Hopefully when we watch uh, the masterpiece, they'll have some sword play there that they learn together. Yeah. So, Danny McBride, we haven't really talked about him very much. He's the central actor in this film. Do we know him from much? And if we do, what do we think of him? Funnily enough, the thing I know him best from is This Is The End. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. I've not seen This Is The End. Um, oh, really? No. Like I said, like, this stable of comedians, the ones that are... And this is, in the, this is The End. There's only a few of them that I genuinely do enjoy. Like, I enjoy James Franco on a more dramatic level or when he's in something that's supposed to be good and he's goofing off, like Spider-Man. Uh, you know, like when he's in Spider-Man and he turns around and gives that smile and then a truck goes past him and he's gone. That's hilarious. But like Michael Sarah out of that group is probably the one I like the most because he's done more things I like. Well, he's done arrested. He's done three to four seasons of arrested well, development. He's really in that, in that it, film, isn't he, Jules? I know he's like. He's briefly in this yeah. in the end. I know that. Like, but, but like, I remember the thing that everyone talks about is like he's one of the best parts of that because it's the opposite of Michael Sarah. Yes. Yeah, and the one much. thing I do know is he demanded in that movie that he wears that jacket that he wears because he just bought it and it looked cool. And he demanded, I'll be in it, but only if I can wear this big jacket that I just bought. Other than that, like, that stable of actors, I don't really care I'm, for. I'm pretty sure they so make I fun just, of your highness in the film. Yeah, obviously, they would. But I never, and I'm not much for meta humor movies as much, where it's like, get it where we're here, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, eh. I'd rather see The World's End, which came out the same, oh, same yeah, time. Oh, yeah, that was a good I one. I saw both of them, yeah. yeah. But, the, you know, did it, the movie had Zoe Deschanel giving her blank-eyed stare? It had Hermione Granger for some reason. Oh, giving it a dead-eyed stare? Cool. <laughs> I don't know why Anna Watson was in that film. But... Get it? She's in it. It's weird. <laughs> because they've got to prove that she can do something other than Harry Potter and perks of being a wallflower, and that's and about it. Beauty and the Beast? No, but that was before Beauty and the Beast. That's true. And even then, let's be honest, she's not very good. I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Oh. 
have fun listening to her sing. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you could call it singing in Beauty and the Beast. And having an English accent in a French town. Ah, oh, they do that in every movie. I mean, wasn't the original, like, the animated one notorious for having, like, one person doing a French accent? Yeah. Which is also kind of what happened Which in the Which is late... Maurice, her dad. Oh, I thought, wasn't it, um, the candlestick? Lumiere? Oh, yeah, Lumiere. I thought her dad had an English oh. accent, too. I mean, I, 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 I French. I think I've seen it. Whoa, whoa, but... whoa! Calm down, Maurice! <laughs> it's, like, the best part of the whole entire movie, of the animated one. Her dad, like, rushes in. He's like, Gaston's like, whoa, slow down, Maurice. And he says it like that. And it's like, this is weird because the movie is, even though the accents aren't right, the way they're speaking is right. But that, he's like, whoa, 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 slow down, Maurice. It felt like very 90s. See, I'm not sure if I've seen the film because if I did see it, it would have been when I was really young and I wasn't really good at English yet. So it's this kind of weird thing of, have I actually seen it? Have I not? I don't know. Well, have you seen... So, but yeah, Danny McBride, was he good in This Is The End? That's the only thing you guys have reference for him? He was, he played up the fact that he was a big asshole in it. Is he an asshole? And that made him, like, that was his character. He stood out for that reason. (laughs) I thought Michael Cera was the asshole in that movie. Ryan, he's only... Michael Cera's only in it for, like, 15 minutes. That's a lot of minutes. It's the first 15 minutes, though. Nothing... And he doesn't really speak that much in the first 15 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Doesn't he slap Rihanna on the ass? Probably. I think so. There's a great trivia about that. It's been four years. I know a lot of trivia about a movie I haven't seen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Isn't that great? And for a group of actors who you said you're not too big on? Fond of. But there's, yeah. you know, when you learn fun trivia, like Michael Sarah didn't slap her hard enough on the ass. No, no, he slapped her hard enough, but she didn't slap him back hard enough. And he's like, no, really, give it to me. And the take they use, she really gave it to him. And it's like, he, she hits him so hard that his head disappears from the frame because she hit him so hard that, that his that's body a good shot, then. just went onto <laughs> the ground and he apparently passed out. I didn't know that. Michael okay. is such a pussy. <laughs> and yet, but he was asking for it, so... But, but that's probably, like, the coolest moment of his life. Yeah. It's like, I got slapped by Rihanna. I got bitch slapped by Rihanna because I got the slap on the ass. He got knocked out. What a great moment. His dick goes through her. And out the bum. <laughs> I don't know you get her pregnant, dude. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not an expert on inducing pregnancy in dragon formations, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's not how you do it. Danny McBride, for me, I don't know him. Like, I do know him as a figure, but I've never watched him in anything outside of this. Never seen anything of his outside of this film. I don't know what the appeal is. Like, I get it. Like, I like this film. Don't get me wrong. I just felt like Danny McBride in this movie, he does you know, I give it to him. He keeps the accent up. He keeps a consistent character, which, to be honest, was one of the weaknesses, because once he gets a sword, he's a completely different character. Like, I actually go, why did the sword change you that much? He, he definitely becomes slightly more mature when he gets the sword, but I still feel like he has that adult man-child. No, I felt like once he got the character, the sword, he just becomes, like, really proper. Yeah. I, I, still, I still see elements of the man-child in him. Oh, yeah, obviously, because it's Daddy McBride. You can't remove that. Uh, but <laughs> and, like, And even though that might be considered, like, a weakness of the film, like, oh, he's an unlikable character, I think that 
he played the character the way it should have been played. I don't. Yeah, I don't think that's weirdness. I think his character is really, really well designed. What about you, Jules? Did you find it a desi- well designed character, or did you find yourself not liking the dude? Yeah, well, I agree with what you guys said. I think he's well designed, but as soon as he grabs the sword, it's like, hello, new person. <laughs> hey, can we? Can, who, where's Thaddeus? <laughs> <laughs> you will die. And become a new person was what the labyrinth was really gonna say. So, yeah, Johnny Brown. I felt like he's good in this, but maybe because I don't know him and I don't know his yeah. back catalogue, so I can't be like he's perfect for this. But I felt like you could get. And even on that note, Jules and I are familiar with like a exaggerated version version of, of himself, yeah. literally being like the biggest I'll probably be in that film. Yeah, uh, so we don't really have an idea of Danny McBride in anything other than this and exaggerating himself. Because in this movie, I felt like, could Seth Rogen have been this character? Uh, Danny McBride's character? Yeah, or could basically anyone from that stable of actors... I think that's the problem with that stable of actors is that's I think that's why I like Michael Sarah the most because he's the one that only Michael Sarah can play the Michael Sarah roles while James Franco, right now, you could replace him with one of the other ones. I think... And it would still be yeah. the same movie. I think compared to Seth Rogen, though, and again, I'm limited by the fact that I've only seen two Danny McBride roles, I feel like Danny McBride has a bit more of that arrogance, uh, <laughs> type of arrogance. Yeah, but I feel like if you were to put James Franco into Juno, it would be a completely different film. Where yeah. Where you could put Jonah Hill in this part, and it would yeah. still probably work. Yeah, you could put Jonah Hill in... Oh, they'd make it work for sure, yeah. yeah but, but I still I think, think Danny McBride would be the best. I think that, but I think that's the weakness of this stable of actors, of comedy actors in comparison, say... They're um, too similar. Yeah, you could interchange them because they all do the same things, except for Michael Sarah, who stands out because he's awkward and feminine. He is the David Spade of this group, where David Spade is for the Adam Sandler group. Like, or the me of Alf or the jewels, no, jewels is more feminine. Uh, but no, like at least with Adam Sandler's crew, that you you can swap and change them, but they really do rely on. You need Chris Rock to do Chris Rock. You need Adam Sandler to do Adam Sandler. Kevin James, you know he he he's there. You can have him as you know, like as much as you may or may not like those guys, they all are different from one another. Like you need Kevin James to do Kevin James. You they can't get Chris specific... Rock. You can't get Chris Rock to do that. But in this stable of actors, they're all these guys who are like, "Yeah, I've got a degree, but I'm a stoner." Yeah. And that's kind of it. Well, Michael Sarah, that's I think that's what I like about Michael Sarah. He's in this stable of comedy actors that are all stoner based, and he's the only one that isn't. Like I never think of Michael Sarah as a stoner ever he's in any of them. Awkward. More. He's awkward. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying that Michael Sarah should have played Natalie Portman in this movie, but it would have been great. That would have been very. I mean, for a comedy, you know, that would be funny. But this is a fantasy movie too, and are we fans of fantasy? It's got fan in the word, Ryan. Right. I made a mistake even asking that question. It also has Fanta in it. I it love does. Fanta. <laughs> and then there's C. I've been to C once. <laughs> I've seen it. No, no, I see it. all the time. No, seriously, what do we think of fantasy f- in I general or, and as a film genre? It's definitely one of those ones that can be shaped in many different ways because at its core, fantasy is kind of focusing on things that 
you can't really see in your everyday life. So it could be something from wizards to mythical creatures. And yeah. you can put them in settings that are magical, like... I won't say Hogwarts, because that exists in a world filled with you know things like that. But this is like an older area where there's wizards all over the place and it's a common thing in society. Or you can put a random wizard in... Um, the real world and have that be the conflict. So it's a it's a very moldable, you know, putty like uh, genre that you can play around with, and I think it definitely has a lot of potentials. Hmm. And certainly, um, I love movies. I've seen plenty of movies. I love video games. Played many video games, and all of, almost all of them use some elements of fantasy in them. So I, I think it would be inaccurate of me to say that I'm not a fan specifically of fantasy because it's so prevalent. And you're, in... you're a fan of anime, and anime borrows a lot from fantasy elements yeah. as well yeah. as a genre, you know, of things. What about you, Jules? Are you a fantasy fan? Actually, now that Bartek has explained it that way, I'd have to say so, just because it's there's so many different ways that it can get played out. So yeah. there are things that I enjoy within it and things that I don't, but I think it's one I of guess... those things that... To, to specify it, do we think that fantasy at its concept is amazing? Or is it just that it's in so many things that we're used to it and we're, like, fine with no, it? No, yeah, I think it's in so many things. I mean, Star Wars is sci-fi fantasy because it deals with... Sci- yeah, sci-fi and fantasy kind of... Well, yeah, they overlap a lot yeah. because they're the things that aren't achieved in humanity yet. Where sci-fi deals with the possibilities of things like spaceships and lasers and stuff while magic is always like <laughs> like fantasy is always like magic and st- like stuff that's never going to happen you know like a man creates a ring to rule them all you know that kind of yeah um fantasy for me uh, i like it but it's not a genre that i'm particularly fond of myself a lot of the time it's because of prophecy and magic I like sci-fi more because I like things that I can relate to in everyday life a bit more. When I see a prophecy rock up in a film, it makes me go, oh no. You need to do well with a prophecy. Yeah, but I feel like, yeah, the downfall of that is it's either like overplayed that you know that there's some hidden twist to it and you're like, okay, when's it going to happen? And, you know, with, with fantasy, you know, I feel like you said it was malleable and all that, like, putty like, for me, like, when I think of it, at least in film terms, I, I think of two divisions of fantasy. I think, yeah. Of straight fantasy. Like, if, if, if we're you're not specifically gonna, if we're gonna... marking a, a film as being of the genre of fantasy, fantasy yeah. then it implies Because, like, once stuff. you have mixed genres like sci-fi fantasy, you get, like, Star Wars and, and all these other things. But when I go fantasy, there's two sides of fantasy I could think of. There's the side that it's, like, for kids... Like, you know, Willow and, and you know, films like Early that. Early Harry Potter, maybe? Yeah. I like the never-ending story. Never-ending story, yeah. you know, and all that. And then you have Lord of the Rings. Like, those are the two sides. Where you have one that's, like, more fun, upbeat for kids, you know, whimsy. And, you know, there's, look, there's dwarfs playing dwarfs and all that kind of stuff. And kooky, you know, which this movie's leaning towards more so than your Lord of the Rings. This movie's yeah. leaning towards that, but using adult humour, obviously, where you have witches and mages and huzzah, and it's, like, whimsy and fun, and it's not really... Childish wizards, child, yeah. You know, and all that kind of stuff. And then, and then you have Lord of the Rings, like, and Lord of the Rings stands pretty much in its... You know, that's the king of fantasy. Like, I don't think anything's kicking that down, and no one can really turn to you and say, oh, this is better fantasy, at least in terms of, like, 
iconic fantasy you could be like oh there's it's not like the star trek slash star wars mm. debate it's it's, it's no your yeah. highness but yeah. yeah exactly at least with star trek slash star wars it's like like star wars sci-fi fantasy star trek just sci-fi <laughs> even though they meet god at one point <laughs> yeah with um and yeah with what you said with prophecies it, it always kind of implies an inevitability or almost like a spoiler in a way yeah i think which, and yeah, because I, I, we're used to that trope. Yeah, and I think one of and I'm I know there's a film discussion, but I, I think one of the best uses of fantasy that I've uh, sorry um prophecy that I've seen is in a video game mm. called Earthbound. Yeah, which anyone who's played Super Smash Brothers, Ness is the main character of Earthbound. Um, in it, there is a prophecy that like oh the the um the kids they are going to prophesize to save the world to beat the bad guy and there is no point in the story where where you think oh no they're not gonna do it it's all about the journey yeah so it's about films um with prophecies if the journey is good then that yeah is kind of and that's kind of what made from. the star wars prequels suck even more than they could because at the end of the day with the prequel they're kind of if you've already know the original property they're kind of prophecy-based stories because we know where they're going to be right at the end of it. We know how things are going to forge. It's just like seeing it unfold. It's a weird kind of in-media res, I guess. Yeah. Star Wars prequels failed because we didn't need a prophecy. That's where the fantasy aspect came way too strong. That's the thing that really killed those all three of those movies is... There's this giant prophecy, but it's never actually explained in those movies what the actual prophecy is for the audience to clearly understand. Like, if I ask you, what's the prophecy in Star Wars, the prequels? To bring balance to the Force, but then explain it, yeah. And then what does it mean to you, blah, blah, and why do they think Anakin, on and on it goes. But it's like, you know, in a film like this, that's what I like about this. This brings up prophecy, and even in a comedy film, it does it in a balanced tone of the prophecy, you know? It doesn't beat you over the head with it. And it doesn't feel like, oh, yeah, there's a prophecy to this. Like, you know, he's a chosen one and all that kind of stuff. It For a comedy film, it's a singular adventure. Like, this isn't a part of a series or anything like that. Like Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter and Star Wars. This is one story that has a prophecy that you get told about. It gets delivered on and it's concluded on. It delivers very well at that. I think the, this film, this particular film, Your Highness. Are we talking about uh, Lazar's prophecy? The it's not just the Lazar's prophecy encapsulates all of them. Like it's uh, like it's one of those prophecies that's like you know you're gonna, this is gonna happen, but you were born to you know you know there's gonna be like Buckney, yeah yeah no but like the heroes there's gonna be another hero in a hundred years that's gonna stop this from happening blah 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 all that kind of stuff and a true oh, right, that a true hero is gonna pick up the sword and all of that and you know it's great for Danny McBride's character because he's not a hero and even in this moment I actually really like this moment where he actually was like I'm not please take it back or whatever yeah i think it, that's really true well, to it, his it, character it, it type. definitely follows the whole hero's journey thing about how you start off as an every man and then you become something greater yeah exactly and i think this movie you know you can fold it for not having jokes it has a lot of contextual humor which isn't bad you know mel brooks makes his a lot of his movies thrive on contextual humor but he also has jokes in his movies like blazing saddles is funny because of some of the modern slang they use and the contextual stuff, but it's also like I could tell you jokes from that movie as well. Mm. This, yeah, but like, this is also a good fantasy story. 
I'm not much for fantasy, but this is a good one. Like, this is one of those things, I think you can, we can all agree on this. When we see certain comedy things that do a parody or a satire on a specific genre, they can be heavy-handed a lot, where it's like, say, something like, um, you know, the scary movies. They're like making fun of horror movie, they make fun of whatever horror movie just came out. This one isn't making fun of Lord of the Rings, or it isn't making fun of Willow specifically. It's just, it's just saying, we're taking the genre of it and putting a comedic spin on it. That's what I like about it. Yeah, and I, and I know that when I was reading up on, like, minor references they had, they did have a bunch of, like, the uh, the costumes are kind of references to Willow. At one point, um, Julie says uh, Hufflepuff. That's, like, a Harry Potter reference. Mm. And I think they even said that um, uh, Zoe Deschanel trying to comb herself with a fork was a reference to The Little Mermaid and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So it covers, like, a lot of the little references, as well as for the general feel of fantasy, like, obscure fantasy films from, like, the 80s, which I guess we might not be familiar with, but... Um, yeah, uh, Tron, yeah. But, but like, when... <laughs> but, like, Ryan, you like to watch, like, uh, YouTube video series where people, like, take obscure films. Surely you've seen one where um, they might have watched, like, a fantasy film from the 20th century? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see they, comparisons they, they, here? Yeah, definitely. You know, definitely. Yeah. You know, it's just... And even if you don't know those fantasy films yourself, they're ingrained onto the culture and those... Yeah. And those. So, yeah, fantasy. You know, take it or leave it. I'm, I'm a leave it guy, but this film, you know, that's how it won me over as well, you know? It has this great scene in which Minotaur's about to rape a guy. See, I sort of I didn't anticipate the rape thing but I was anticipating that something was going to happen between the two of them because uh, I almost called him Julie uh, Courtney's wearing red of course that means he's a whore well no because um, dirty harlot I guess that's a double entendre then because there's the whole like Greek mythology of the minotaur in the labyrinth and oh good isn't there the thing where you like distract him with red I didn't know that I'm not up to my date on mythology. Is there also a thing where you're distracted with I might be wrong pipes? about the red thing, I was thing, just but... thinking about... Um... Star Trek, in which you wear a red shirt, you die. <laughs> no. I was thinking about... Um... He's a wrecked dick, yeah. No, when... Bullfighters. Bull- bullfighters, and they always have a oh, red... Oh, yeah, matadors. Yeah, matadors. They have a capote. Yeah. Is that Polish? And cape? it's generally red. No, it's the thing that the matadors use. Oh. The red thing is a myth, though. The bulls are actually distracted by the swaying of the cloth. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. You know who I really feel sorry for in this movie? The poor guy that died in the labyrinth. Yeah, the, the knight whose dead oh, body yeah. we saw. What was his story? What was he trying to do? Why was he not a hero? Maybe he was not worthy and his death was literal rather uh, than becoming a new character. Maybe he just wanted to have some fun. Maybe he wanted to go to the maze and be like, surprise, I got through it. So apparently the fact that Danny McBride wears a dick around his um, neck. Yeah, dick neck, yeah. A dick necklace. Um, it was meant to be the payoff to a joke that was earlier in the film but was a deleted scene. Oh, it was a joke. Uh, was it, you're going to wear a dick around your neck someday? I, no, I won't. No, I think it was... Was this a reason why uh, I think it was, um, the other guy's dickless? Ah. No, no, apparently Natalie Portman was made a joke in one of the takes where she said something like, why don't I cut off your dick and wear it around my neck, neck. or something? And yeah. apparently that was just meant to be a callback to that. But it's not in the film. Oh no, the bird's still there. Ah, you can watch the bird finally. What do you mean? I've acknowledged it. 
I acknowledge it, and then you talk. I'm you. We're the same person. So if I oh look, Conan the Barbarian rocked up for mm-hmm. enough time in That's the movie. That's a reference. There was an outtake. Of, there was a blooper of him in that shot there, where they were like feeding him all the lines he had to say, and he was repeating them. But I don't think he ended up saying anything. No, he doesn't really. In that s- shot, he doesn't speak much in the movie. Well, when oh, he does speak, he'll well, die. Was it me or when this sequence he happened? She turns around to look, and then it cuts to a portrait of their family. <laughs> I'm like, why is that in her, in her house, like in her tower? Also, was I the only one to think that Zoe Deschanel was going to be Kira Knightley's not Kira Knightley? Fuck, Natalie Portman. Yeah, Natalie Portman's sister. No. Because Natalie Portman's like, my entire family got murdered by Lazar. Oh, and all that. Like, like, surprise, I'm still alive. Because he murdered a whole entire town and took one girl. And I'm like, oh, is that going to be her sister? No. Well, maybe they knew each other at least. No. It's like, hey, remember me? Natalie Portman had bangs, I believe. Maybe, all. maybe, <laughs> hey, do you remember me when I was a baby? I'm the same age. <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe that, they're, they're roughly the same age. Yeah. So it's like if she got her whole entire family, like what I'm saying is Zoe Deschanel got kidnapped as a baby. Mm-hmm. If my theory's already already out the window, then if Kira Knight, Natalie Portman, was is she's roughly the same age, she would be too young to remember if they if there was the same incident. Okay. So that's the whole in my theory of them being sisters. Right. Do you remember me from when we were babies? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you remember me as a baby? So I was a, a baby too. It's a logical fallacy. I get it. Fallacies. Mm. So how, how do we? Likes fallacies, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> what do we think of Lazar? Is he a villain that would persuade you to betray James Franco? Especially if you had a homoerotic crush on him or had no dick. Well, Jules? <laughs> Your homoerotic crush on James Franco? I would never harm James Franco. I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> she is the Franco expert, remember? She's a Frankspur. Frankspur. Franco So, what about you, Bartek? Do you think Lazar is powerful enough or charming enough to persuade you to join his side? Uh, I suppose he's got the whole power aspect, you know. And he's got three months. Scare me into it. Um, as a character, he's fairly, fairly comical villain. Yeah, he's yeah, he was very funny, you know. Like, he's in fact, you know what? There's a mirror between him and um, Danny McBride, and the fact that they're both childish. Oh, I a man child. Okay, yeah, yeah. I didn't really think of that until now. The fun fact is, this act, the actor who plays um the bad guy, his cousin is a. Uh, Louis Thoreau, who's the famous documentary maker, the guy who always just pumps out documentary after documentary after documentary, the kind of tallish guy with glasses and well-swept brownish hair. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. He's his cousin. Huh. Yeah, the bad guy. So he's the bad guy's cousin is making a documentary about this event somewhere. <laughs> like, that would have actually been great if he rocked up and he's doing a documentary about what's happening here. Great way to die, by the way. Uh, but also, what I liked about this villain is it brings up what I was talking about before. I brought up Twin Peaks and Michael Cera. Yeah. This guy is a is a frequent actor in David Lynch movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's uh, it's actually quite a turn for him to do a silly comedy like this. He's more of a absurd kind of 
act. He would be an actor that would have appeared in this director's back catalog before he did comedies that were for stoners. Yeah. That kind of actor. So it's actually quite nice to see a thespian, if you will, just have fun. You know, like he wants to just have sex with his mum's watching. You know what's not fun? Not just fun, but not letting your mum's finger. I was gonna say something else, right? Oh, the fact that James Franco promised um, fingering of the bridesmaids no. and that never happened. No, right? I'm talking about the star. What about the star? The one star that Roger Ebert gave this film. Oh, fuck him! Wasn't he dead by then? No, he still had like two more years. <sighs> he still had enough hate in him. He did not like this film. He thinks that it is a crying shame that the director is no longer making indie films, just making stoner comedies. He he's, he kept asking in his review, what happened? What are you doing? Are you going to come back? Money. He Money he, happened. He pointed out three actors who were in this film who were in a really good film earlier. I think it was James Franco, McBride, and I think Natalie Portman. What movie? Were they all in the same movie? Or you're saying he pointed out different movies? He's, he pointed out three actors in this film who were in the same movie. Oh, uh, really yes, good. I remember Danny McBride as... As the dance instructor in I'm Black sure, Swan. I'm pretty you sure. Remember it was, that? I'm pretty sure it was Danny Mc. You just said you haven't seen him in anything, right? Well, I so guess I haven't. Yeah, joke. I haven't seen Black Swan. Um, I no, no. I, I'm pretty sure it was McBride, Franco, and one of the female actresses. I think Zoe Deschanel, probably. Probably because she's a comedy actress. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's seen some film with the three of them that he really liked. So that was another like shame on uh, you. You're in good stuff. It, it was a very shame on you, you were in Good Stuff review. Shame on you, James Franco. You were in 127 hours. Yeah, you were an Oscar nominee. Oscar nominee. And Natalie Portman's a winner. And Danny McBride hasn't got nothing. Because <laughs> he's a loser. Hey, hey, hey. He's an alien covenant and he's supposed to be very good playing a serious role called hey, Dallas, Texas know, or something. Do you know who has a bird at the moment? Who? <laughs> this guy. Oh my God, it's this guy. Is that a joke? Yeah, probably. But uh, could, you it's ex- a... could you explain it? Jules, you're good at explanations. <laughs> explain it to him. I honestly don't know what I was going with that. Oh, that's, that explains everything. <laughs> my favourite joke is I like, no I like, those, I like impromptu jokes, so I can accept it. Also, I like birds. <laughs> Bartek is a big fan of birds. You know what? I actually was distracted by a lot of bird videos while I was doing my assignments in the past week. I was really distracted by the fact a lot that... lot of toucans. I was really distracted by the fact that James Franco actually did brutally murder his own men in this. I actually thought, oh, in a normal movie, the men, he would either knock them out or they would learn their lesson or swap sides again. And But no, no, he actually murders them, like his own dudes. I actually find that kind of comforting because, yeah. you know, I'm so sick of dudes being alive... <laughs> I just want them I'm dead. I'm sick of people being alive. Ryan, are you no, a... specifically dudes. Just Ryan, are you a feminazi? No, I'm a patronazi. I uh, want the so, patriarchy for myself. So Ashton Kutcher, dead. Oh yeah. No, but no, he no. In... He was in Guess Who. Yeah, so, he was in um, Guess Who. And you know, I wouldn't want him dead. You but know, dude, where's my car? Uh, yeah, so I'll kill Sean William Scott then, or whatever his name is. Uh, I think that's. I was gonna say Sean Scott, and you said Sean William Scott. So he's no, he's one of those that. actors that you have to say his full name, like Samuel L. Jackson. Fun fact. Will Mason. On my and on, on my birth, <laughs> on my 18th birthday, we watched Pulp Fiction, and um, 
I get bringing up, oh, one of my friends hadn't seen him. Like, oh, Samuel L. Jackson's great in this movie. And she just went, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the credits popped up said Samuel L. Jackson. She goes, oh, that's actually his name. I thought you were saying his name weird for some reason. <laughs> like Samuel L. As the, instead of Samuel. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but okay. and then she's like, but why do they call him Samuel L. Jackson? And then like, that's just what he wants to be called. She's like, what does the L stand for? And the L stands for Leroy. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. You know who could have been great in this movie as Mace Windu? Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. So, we're up to the final climax. I really enjoyed the battle sequences. and You know, it's really funny when a movie like this has better action sequences than some actual, action movies. Actual <laughs> I mean, the last movie I saw in the cinema currently, as we're recording this, was um, John Wick 2, and that had great action. <laughs> I saw 20th Century Women, and that didn't have much action. <laughs> Fuck! What were they doing? It was the 20th century. Weren't they kicking Nazis and taking names? Well, it was, it was the 70s. There were still Nazis in the 70s, Bartek. They didn't finish their milk. Ryan, when people think 1979, they don't think Nazis. You're right. They think communism. Blues Brothers hadn't happened see, yet. See, see, this, this sequence here, Zoe Deschanel, her breasts are rather small. I'm very well, that's because she's been hypnotized, Ryan. Oh, yeah, so her breasts shrink. Yeah. Or it's because she's laying Oh, no! Down. Say goodbye to Tope. No, because we've seen her in other scenes laying down where they have, like, a low cut. And she Remember that oh. scene earlier where I was like, oh, my God, her breast! And oh, you were yeah. like, what's wrong or whatever? And you were like, what? Yeah. Since when? <laughs> Since when? She was laying down then, and her I breasts were, like, fucking... Up. No, she was laying down, then she sat up. And it was like, oh, my God. See? She was just laying down, and you could see her breasts were clear. What's going on? Oh, well, she's not hypnotized. Oh, see the shield thing she Surely never used there before. There must be a course to learn on how <laughs> how to get breasts. How do how I get to, breasts? How to fake having big boobs? You know, I really like. I'm as as I talk to Jules, I, I face her to talk to her, and I look at her nails that Jules has these really long, sharp. I've been looking them. Well, <laughs> well crafted nails, and they remind me of Lazar's nails that he grows when he is <laughs> magic in this movie. So, Jules, are you the Lazar of the group? Are you just waiting for your fucking to happen? <laughs> sure, I still need to learn. It's the prophecy. <laughs> I still need to learn how to fuck a woman. <laughs> you fuck a and woman? It needs, be, it needs to be a virgin, too. <laughs> it needs to be a virgin like you, yeah. So, of women, of course. Look, it's you. <laughs> Have you picked so, one? so the penis goes straight through the body, right? No, yeah, no. Well, yeah, that's how you get the, someone pregnant. Through the vavuvu and out the bum bum. <laughs> like straight through though. Look at him here. <laughs> what if I go the opposite way? Well, then you're just gonna get shit on your dick. God's not gonna be happy. Well, does this movie believe in God? That's something. In that's something. To, that's a big fantasy thing. Yeah. Is it, do well, you yeah. Want a is God this is this a fan? Well, yeah. Here's the thing. Is this a fantasy that? abides by the kind of rules and regulations that something like Lord of the Rings does where it's like Judeo-Christian fantasy values or is it Norse like Norse mythology values of I, fantasy the I, medieval setting would suggest <laughs> sorry that was my favourite line no no don't suck that that's dead doesn't stop Zoe Deschanel um, her the, sister's on bones for Christ's sake <laughs> The medieval British thing would imply it, but the fact that no one really looks like a like crusader type of knight yeah, exactly. is against it. So I, I think this... Uh, and this has Greek world... mythology too, with the Minotaur being there and... Yeah, that's a good point. But And I, the labyrinth. I and... guess not all Greek mythology is centred around gods, I guess. Ah. Like, I mean, there's the, the, like Icarus and all that. That was like a human 
the story of a human making like an invention. Yeah, I guess, and vain and all that, and uh, I, I think Oedipus. We, I guess. I, I guess we can safely say that oh, this Oedipus. is a, what Oedipus. He, I guess, gods weren't so much involved. I mean, it was foretold, but other than that, you have to eat a puss. <laughs> I, I guess this would be a film. Not, Again with the voice. Yeah, Again no. with the Oedipus. Oh, look, it's Jules's nails. <laughs> okay, you were gonna say. Um, I guess we could safely say this is a film that doesn't really look towards gods as being a thing. Yeah, because he is God. The magician. I, I guess they would be the equivalent because they've got the magic. Yeah, and you can't kill him also unless the, you have a magic sword. Also, the guy in charge of the bees. Has, yeah, I guess yeah. that's... I really love how this guy at no point thinks that he has the unicorn horn blade. Like, he doesn't even recognize it. So yeah. he's like... Fuck it's just you. a sword. Lazar's like, oh, yeah, he's probably forgotten the fact that swords can't kill me. And after then, that traumatizing again, we're incident. gonna see something that inspired Harry Potter. This scene inspired the death of Voldemort, you know? It's very similar. Oh, yeah, not, not the book that was made in 2009? The, did you read the book? Yeah. Did you see the movie? Yeah. Jules, you read the book, yeah? No? Okay. I've seen the first I've not even read the book, but I know this. When Voldemort dies in the book, yeah, he doesn't explode into birds. He just dies as a human, doesn't he? Doesn't he doesn't his body just flop on the ground and he's just like a pathetic human? It's been a while, but I th- I think I think that's what I think happened. his death wasn't as like special effects in the no, book. No, but I think it was like, you know, he gets zapped, but I thought it was like he just turns back into like a human or just drops dead on the ground like it's like it was nothing amazing yeah it was nothing amazing yeah. to this amazing well, the individual idea is, the, and the whole idea of the seventh movie is that they've gotten rid of his immortality no exactly that, no but that's what i mean like but he explodes in magical fashion well i think it's in the book he just like just dies I, just I, falls on the ground it's like really pathetic and sad and like i don't in remember the it being a huge spectacle or anything like that yeah exactly that the movie has to make it zhun. i mean doesn't isn't there a big thing that last harry potter movie about the elder wand like he breaks it in the movie i think so yeah he like... does because i always remember going can you at least fix hogwarts first no <laughs> no don't want to just break it and throw it away okay <laughs> i really like this sequence here in which natalie portman's like goodbye i'm not interested in being your love interest and I was like, that's really cool. This is really smart, you know? I'm so sick of just because she's a woman and he's a man, they have to be together. I kind of liked it where it was like, ah, they're not getting together. That's kind of cool. But they'll meet again, perhaps. And then the movie says, hey, Ryan, you enjoyed that for a moment? <laughs> Fuck you, buddy. Well, she finished her mission, right? So In less than a day. I also like that. She's like, no, nah, I don't want it touching Touch. me. That was Get actually that, that wasn't actually acting. That was actually <laughs> being like, and I'm you know, not up for improvising. You know what makes us extra funny is I noticed only just now when he took off the dick, the part he that squeezed was like, it. Yeah, no, 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 the when he was taking it off from. Oh, he smacked him in the face. Yeah, yeah. The, the like bloody part. Fun fact, into his face. Fun fact. This is not. A, this is this is all hundred percent true. That moment, Bartek, is the only moment of this film I remembered the first time round that I smiled at. Like I didn't laugh. I smiled and went. Okay, okay. That was that was unintentional. No, no, I thought... Okay, that's a clever use of the prop. Like, you know, like, it's not like he's sucking it or anything. It's like, yeah. he just smacks him like, okay, that was actually restrained. Hmm. I liked how, um... And I feel like it's He just plops it on his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the next shot, it's gone. 
<laughs> in the next shot, it's like it's not even there anymore. Like he's it's holding stuck it in again. His hand. Oh yeah, you saw it in like just behind his. I shoulder. just really love that Zoe Deschanel throughout the sequence was playing with James Franco's knobs on his <laughs> suit of armor. Like she has no idea what they are because she's lived in a tower all of her life. But I'm pretty sure, like, if you lived in a tower all your life, Jules, and I was just wearing something with like, n- like, protruding. <laughs> they're not even but just protrusions on my suit you wouldn't be like what are these what are those like she has breasts for christ's sake you know what i mean like you know what i mean like she should be used to this like i don't know what she's on about oh my god knobs knobs like protrusions ah i like how he had a mini quest for steven that on his wedding day also what happened to his arm uh. <laughs> he held the, he held the dick for too long. It was too heavy. It was too heavy. And he sprained his no, arm. Ryan, he, maybe he had a heart attack. Bad memories. But he's, he would have had it wrapped around his chest. Uh, it would have been the left arm. That's his right arm. And it would be his chest heart attack. We already went through this with heart attacks. Um, yeah. Sorry, did you say heart attacks or arm ducks? Arm ducks. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, and Jules's favorite scene: masturbation. Yay. Um, Jules, did you have a favourite character and favourite moment in this film yourself? Steven. You like Steven too? Yeah, I thought Steven was Screw cute. Screw you, I'm, st- I'm team Simon. Fuck Simon in the ass. Oh. So, but he's mechanical. And Does he have one? Did you have a favourite moment? You, you, on reviewing this as well, because your perspective on this would have changed. No, I was right the first time around. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I do like the end where she's gone... No, I don't love you. We'll see each other later, but I'm not. I'm not gonna like romantically pine over you while I'm gone. And then, did you really like it when she appears again? Yeah. <laughs> I'm. I can't wait to talk about when she appears again. I'm gonna savor this moment of talking about Stephen. I really like the fact that um, Stephen is the deadest bearded dragon I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I've owned many of them, and even if you have them as pets. They will run. They will jump. They will. On a pillow for that long. Yeah, he's just. If it was an iguana. Sure. Sure. I'm used to iguanas in movies as well, but I'm also. We also used iguanas as just things that just sit there. But it's like. It's a bearded dragon. It would be walking around. It would be wanting to be leaving unless. I was watching this whole movie and I'm like, is he. Is is that a prop? Like, it's not moving. But then you see it does. The only thing I can think of is. They have the pillow. No, no. The pillow, in terms of props, the pillow's heated, heated yeah. so that's why ah. it's sitting there. But I guess magic, right? <laughs> okay, no, she's back, drugs. guys. She's back. Did you feel anything suspicious in this scene at all? She looks like she's, like... Tanner? <laughs> Just like she's had, like, her hair done, and she looks like she's been, like, you know, prettied up a bit. Yeah, Did you? did you feel like... Where did you have a sense of direction of where this scene was going to go with her coming back so immediately after saying I'm never coming back? Because well, I, I did. I got the sense of like, oh, well, they're clearly going to get together now. Ah. This is where my head was at. Let's she walked Ryan. in and I thought, oh, I've seen this movie before, so I forgot. I went, oh, she's hitting on him, but she only just left and... I did the quest quick. That sounds like a pretty um, suspicious thing to say. Like, she did one whole quest in less than a day and came all the way back. I thought it was Lazar. 
doing a shapeshifter uh, thing because we've already seen him do that. Yeah. And I thought, ooh, and then maybe as like a final Kappa joke, he kisses her for it would be the first time in the movie, yeah, they kiss. And it's not And it and it good. and it cuts and it's actually Lazar and he leans back and is like, You motherfucker and he's just like <laughs> and then end credits. <laughs> and it would be like a sequel bait, like this movie does as well, where it's like we're gonna an adventure it's... to get your chastity belt off. But I guess we have to make sure that the audience knows when she was dipping in this water earlier, that was a chastity belt you saw, not just a metal G string. See, I, I think that kind Clarification. of... I think that kind of twist ending would be more of a, like a horror thing. Like, oh, the villain's not dead all along. <laughs> Have you heard there's this um, movie... There's this movie out now with Catherine Heigl where she's playing an evil woman. And at the end of it, with Rosario Dawson, isn't it? It's like a typical boy next door type of thing. And the movie ends with like... Catherine Heigl gets killed and her daughter's left in the care of Rosario Dawson and the father and all that. And the movie literally ends and then it has like a post-credits scene in which it's like a knock on the door and they're like, oh, who is it? Oh my god! And Rosario Dawson's like, oh my god! Is it her? And they open up the door and no one's there and they're like, oh my god! And then they turn around, they like, she turns around and then she turns back and at the door's this old woman and they're like, oh, and she's like, Rosario Dawson's like, oh my god! <gasps> and she's afraid! And she's like, and the old woman's like, don't worry. Grandma's here now. It's like, it's Catherine Heigl's mum in that movie. It's like, that's the sequel, babe. It's like, do you want to see the movie where the mum has a go at Rosario Dawson? I would have loved if this movie ended where he actually kisses and it's the three mums. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. It's like, what would have happened then? Do you guys, before we get into reviews and ratings, would you guys watch a sequel to this? Sure. Because apparently in the trivia it says the sequel is not off the table because this made a lot of money. <laughs> well, I mean, it was a bomb, though. Critically. Criti- oh, no, I thought it was For also its a budget, thing. for its very low budget, it made a lot back. I thought it lost, like, 20 million, didn't it? Oh, no. Far out. But It was a box office flop, wasn't it? Oh, no. It was voted the worst on the internet. Uh, but the whole the studios, the studios have said that they, they still have a sequel on the table for this. I'm like, that's great. Yeah, they said that despite the fact that it was a box office flop, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, and yeah. And they also kind of wanted to make a spin-off with Natalie Portman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't you love the credit sequence where it's like the pot smoke that you only saw once in the movie, by the way? <laughs> I can't get over that. I noticed also that the credits had passed it, yeah, but it had an additional voices. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, additional voices thing. Yeah. Is like, that like for background people? Yeah. Because would those not be extras? Yeah, they're well, background people. Also, I recognise two of the names in the additional voices. Dwight Schultz, yeah. One of them voiced the villain of Metal Gear Solid 3, Neil uh, Ross. Oh, good. I hate Metal Gear Solid 2. So let's go into our reviews and ratings. I'm going to go straight off the gate. Your Highness, more like Yes Please Us, because this film was great. It changed me as a person. I first saw it. I didn't like it. Maybe it was the circumstances. Maybe this is not a film you should watch when you're celebrating the stressful time in your life being over. No, this should be a film that you watch in your free time. A film you should watch 
when you're in the mood. This is a mood piece movie, I think. Oh, by the way, catering was done by Tang Sandwich Excellence, by the way. I just wanted to point that out in this film. When uh, I was, hold on, when I was watching these credits yesterday, I think there was a different name for catering. Far out! Could I, have, could I have the Tang cut? It was something like Really Good Foods or something. Well, hey, look, guys... You know what's really good? This film. You need to check it out if you haven't already. And if you haven't, you just heard us talk about it, so you've kind of checked it out. But you need to go 110% by this because I want I want Michael Sarah to be hanging out with James Franco. James Franco gets a notification, and Michael Sarah's like, what's that? He's like, getting royalties for your highness. You should have been in it. And then Michael Sarah smacks himself on his weird face and learns a lesson about friendship. No, he sorts out Rihanna to go hit him. Yeah, exactly. Um, Green lives here, by the way. Uh, Until it knocks him out. You know, and I would say that this is a fun film. It's for teens and up. Not really for kids. Um, just I think in America it would be rated R, wouldn't it? Yeah, because of the violence. But don't be a pussy. This is the kind of film that Quentin Tarantino wish he could make. Mm -hmm. He hasn't made a fantasy one yet. Maybe he will with James Franco. Who knows? I give this film... I give this film as many... (sighs) Wow. It's so hard to say, you know? I want to... Can you beat Roger Ebert's one out of four? (laughs) One out of four? I give this as much pot humor as it promised. That's Did it a promise l- a lot? Your Highness. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why this title keeps, like, tripping Bart's like, up. Like, if you hear a movie called... If you see a movie called Your Highness and it's got James Franco in it, it's a promise for well, I did not. humor. Yeah. Hold on. First of all, I didn't know James Franco was in it. You didn't know? I only knew we the We just name. watched it. He, he's How? in it. <laughs> no, before I watched the film. Oh, 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 oh. I oh. only knew Danny McBride was in it. Oh, even the then! <laughs> <laughs> Again, Bartek lives in a special world. None of us know Danny McBride that well. Yeah, but I know him well enough to be like, oh, he's a part of that crew and that crew like pot. I mean, I didn't have evidence you know what that I mean? he himself liked pot. Well, there you go. I haven't, I haven't done DNA tests on the man <laughs> myself, so you're right. But Ryan, you're obsessed with teams. Teams. Yeah, this team, and then you've also been talking about how there's that whole. Christopher Lloyd team of like actors who first yeah. appeared in the um, Jack Nicholson team, yeah. The Jack Nicholson um, team. Adam Sandler team, yeah. And yeah. Uh, Ryan, you know your teams. I do know my teams, and it's actors. like you said, you know a lot about people uh, in that film. This is the end, even though you haven't seen it. I'm a genius. Trivia. That's what I'm saying. Jules, let's hear your amazing review and your epic rating of your choice. <laughs> epic. <laughs> um, if you don't like fantasy films or prophecy films watch this because you'll change your mind <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, that's actually pretty good that was actually epic yeah epic even though that wasn't the rating for the win anything else um you want to give you know your I'll, listening I'll, people I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll give my listening people a rating out of detachable necklace dicks how many we'll go <laughs> can you beat Roger Ebert's one out of four <laughs> detachable <laughs> three and Three quarters. So, so three and the foreskin. Out of three and three quarters? Yeah. yeah. Four marks. Great. Cool. Yeah, that, that's a Harry Potter reference there. Yay. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. You should have made it nine and, and three, three quarters. quarters. Well, couldn't. Can't take it back now. But. <laughs> Hello, I'm Bartek. Okay, I'll say it again. Bartek. Hello, I'm Bartek. And I'm going to be reviewing 
Your Highness from 2011, made by guy who makes stoner films after he made indie films. Yep, that's correct. I think his name's Derek. I can't remember. What is it, Ryan? What's his name? We'll call him Harry for now. Okay. Made by uh, Danny McBride's college roommate. Oh, yeah. That's that's what they are. Good. It shows. This film was a great film to watch. I was I was also going to say that it was a great film to have on the show, but having films on this show has a level of tragedy to them because the fact that they're on the show means that they're unappreciated in society. Yeah. So it's kind of like when when there's like a death and you take something good from it. It's there's, someone still had to die. There was still a sacrifice made. Um, I'm hoping though that it being featured on our prestigious show. Yeah. It will kind of correct the mistakes that society has made in the past six years. Of, that's what we endeavor to do. Not appreciating it, um, because like we've like we've mentioned many times in the show, there are many different kinds of comedies. Um, this is a type of comedy that kind of lacks jokes, which is something that's very prevalent in comedies that are scripted. Not so prevalent in more modern comedies where things are more improvised and as Ryan has said and this is a term I think I can start applying now to my analysis the situational humour I believe you said it was contextual contextual humour um it's it's kind of like memes which we've kind of talked about yeah it's in, a meme <laughs> no, no 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 right in private like memes are running jokes and when do you like what kind of logic is it to say Oh man, have you seen that recent running joke? It's it's kind of like a weird thing yeah, of like Trump presidency. It might be <laughs> it might be funny in its context, but like out of context, well, why are you kind of like obsessing with it? Like, mm. oh, did you hear that really good contextual joke? No, what one was it? Yeah, it, it's what do you mean? Yeah, well, <laughs> like even if I tell you what the contextual joke is, well, you see, there's a situation where they're in a labyrinth with a minotaur and it tries to rape, and then they cut off it. It's kind of like you know, long-winded. So it, I, I guess it's kind of hard to recommend one of these films, um, and I guess that would be a reason why this film, which is so heavy with these hard to recu- recommend, recommend contextual jokes or bits of or pieces of humor, would. F- be deemed by the whole internet um, and its bystanders to be the worst film ever made. Classic internet. So I I think it is really beneficial for people to, and I've said this before in many, many episodes, look past the -the on-the-surface flaws that a film might have and just appreciate it for what it does have because what it does have can be good in certain contexts context is everything and with the right context you'll realize that this film is a fantastic film a film that you can learn from and a film that you can sit down and enjoy in moments where you want to enjoy and love something oh sweet thank you ryan I am, and so is the film. Don't have to get the pun in the title to understand the film. Just exactly. like spit and polish. Oh, it's been made completely spit. Oh, <laughs> oh, I get it. It's all about pronunciation. Oh, sh- I get it now. No, but like as it's been established in the show, I didn't get the pun title. I walked into this film quite blind. I hadn't seen it before. I'd only heard that it was good to some, bad to others. 
And I get it. I got the film. I got it by watching it. I understand what's good about it. So what does that say about me, someone who didn't get the pot joke title? I give this film the fantastic, the meticulous, and the full of love rating of... Hey man, you want to come to my house and chill? You're welcome anytime. Wow, Netflix and chilling. I don't have Netflix. Oh well, Stan. But I have the in- I have the internet. We can like. I have the internet, can... and that's the place I said this movie sucks. We can we can stream on like Putlocker or something. No, that's illegal. Shh. Yeah, don't, don't tell anyone. So is pot. <laughs> no, not in America. Not in all places. Not in all places. Is it? What about Australia? Is it? It's still illegal, Australia. So yeah, but... come to my house. It's in Melbourne. So. Sh- I've got a review here. I've got some reviews from IMDb. And I've got comments from YouTube. Both magical places for different reasonings. And both are written by real people. Or are they? (laughs) Maybe, actually. That's a good point. Um, I've got an eight-star review straight off the bat from 2011, and it's called Hawk the Stoner. What? Hawk the Stoner. Okay. So Hawk's like a verb or something? Oh, you'll find out. Oh, okay. Or you won't. (laughs) Find out. Was it written by a bird? A mechanical bird? It was written not by someone called Hawk, if that makes me feel better. Okay. By Simon. I watched this on DVD last night, shamefully because of what I had heard about the... uh, uh, Shamefully because of what I had heard around the time of its cinema release. Well, that taught me a lesson. The only accountable reason I can arrive at all for the negative feedback I heard from critics and the public is that I feel they were expecting something a little more holy grail because of the setting and the English accents. And instead, I felt this is more blazing saddles. Very un-PC, whilst gently, whilst gently goozing. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's, It's chosen genre. It is uh, immature and crude, but the laughs were consistent enough. It's a comedy notion which should usually have a B-grade budget, but has somehow been made with an A-grade budget, and for me, that was a part of its charm. It's like the slackers broke into the set of Lord of the Rings and mucked about all weekend and managed to film it. And may and maybe I did the right thing in retrospect. Sometimes it's better to watch something... Uh, watch something after the dust has settled. Just watch this cold and I'll bet you'd enjoy it. In years to come, I think this film will have quite a loyal following across a certain demographic, including me. And that's the end of the review. Was he right, guys? It's been a certain few years. No. <laughs> Is Hawk a verb? Um, yeah, never. Is it? <laughs> You'll have to find out. <laughs> But like you've got comments from YouTube. Just to clarify, is this from the trailer? It is. YouTube's great because the, difference, be- the difference between YouTube and uh, um, IMDb, IMDb is IMDb doesn't have anyone commenting back, really. It doesn't really have anyone looking at them either. So they're a lot more formal, a lot more in their own world. But YouTube, I feel, is a lot of people being like, hey, 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 I'm Discussion. saying something. Yeah, but a lot of, hey, listen to me, I'm saying something. Let's see what YouTube had to say about your highness. Well, we start with a very sensitive um, comment. I love sensitive. No responses, it's just, you know. (laughs) By who? Who's the commenter? I don't record that because I want these to be from 
the essence of people, not from individuals. <laughs> Humanity is being represented in these comments. And the first comment is, I do believe my brother was molested by the wise wizard. Dot, dot, dot. Lol. Dot, dot, dot. And that's the first comment from YouTube about well, this that's, film. Well, that's, co- that's a quote from the film. Mm-hmm. But it's all. But it wasn't written in quotes, so that you know. <laughs> That's a statement. Whoops. This one tries to quote the film again. No quotations, but that's not the biggest problem. <clears throat> I will drown Courtney in a shallow fucking pound if that means far is far. Lol. I don't know what any of that meant. <laughs> it was trying to quote the scene where um. Danny Wait. McBride's complaining about things being fair about how the fact that he lost his pet. Oh, so no. he was trying to say, I will drown Courtney in a fucking shallow oh, pond yeah. if it means fair is fair. But they got it wrong. But that is because this is the essence of humanity. humanity. I just right, like saying human, but humanity is fine. Human. human. This comment has a response. <laughs> the initial comment. Oh, good. I thought this movie was really fucking funny. It's nice that it doesn't take itself serious at all so long as you can stand a shit load of dick jokes, you'll enjoy it. Plus, Natalie Portman is really hot. The response. This movie is great exactly because it doesn't take itself seriously at all. It's an epic parody of all other movies like it. And it's so weird, it's not entirely predictable either. Aw, that's sweet. Mm -hmm. So that was a bit of a positive one from the essence of human. Well, I've got an eight-star review here. Another one. Another eighter. This is called Funny and Uncommon. I just want to point out this is written from Brazil. No real reason to point that out, other than I just like the fact that this film touched many people in different parts of the world, you know? And you know where Brazil is? South America, that's right. Good country. <laughs> yeah, I brought that back. So just, just to specify, South America is the good country. Yeah, yeah, of course, not Brazil. Because yeah. that's a state. Um, so, <laughs> um, this is written in 2011, so the film also just came out. <clears throat> it's called Funny and Uncommon, eight stars. It starts as such. <clears throat> Your Highness is so underrated, but it's totally comprehensible. The movie is a satire about medieval action and dungeon tale movies. But it's not so cheesy as ordinary satires like Scary Movie series and among others. It has its own story with its own characters and originality and plays with cliches all the time, making the characters look pathetic when acting like heroes that needs to complete quests as in an RPG game. A satire that seems much more like Mel Brooks' classic titles. People are claiming it offensive and aggressive for the extensive use of sexual language and also for some explicit nude scenes. For sure it is. And this negative response from these people is just a a reflex... a a reflexion (laughs) (laughs) of the Puritan hypocrite society we live in. Because if you laugh about Eddie Murphy's nutty professor farting with his family for about 10 minutes, you aren't able to say that you highness is offensive or aggressive for its verbal content. First of all, because I'm talking about a movie that seems silly and a waste of time, but in reality, it is a very intelligent and interesting one. And 
for sure one of the funniest movies and the best in its satire genre that I've seen since Once Upon a Time. It's pure entertainment. The dialogues are sometimes taken from porn movie. The acting is great. <laughs> what porn movies? Give us references. Not porn movies, just porn movie. <laughs> is that a Friedberg and Seltzer? Yeah, I don't know. From like yeah. epic movie? Porn, porn movie. movie. The, that would actually be good. The acting is great. James Franco as Fabius, the charming prince, is fantastic. Always happy, empowering, and in love. Making his character seems that... Making his character seems that was taken from a fairy tale. Even his movements and expressions are totally inspired by everything a charming prince means and does. Danny McBride as Thaddeus is completely the opposite. The real anti-hero image. Full of envy, anger, hate, and jealousy. Searching and making everything just to satisfy his very own ego. And every character is ridiculous as it should be. Also... The movie is full of action and special effects. Screenwriters and screen, screenwriters Danny McBride and Ben Best did an excellent job together, creating an uncommon tale based on mythologies and sex into a medieval and Puritan world. That's why, that's why is so funny because you never expect so serious characters talking about sex and geni- and genitals like something simple and ordinary, like another one said. It's not a movie for those who are easily offended, but for the ones who might get its tone, will love it. Mm. And that's what Brazil had to say about it. Yeah. Thanks, Brazil. Bartek, <clears throat> did any Brazilians get onto YouTube? Ryan, what did I say about Essence of Human? You're right, we're all Brazilian, I'm sorry. <laughs> Deep down. If we don't have any pubic hair, we're all Brazilian. I just read a bunch of bad reviews of this movie and had to weigh in, so I came here. Oh, good. (laughs) That's great. Good to know YouTube is a safe place. I think this movie is funny as fuck, and I watch it regularly because it makes me laugh my ass off. It almost seems asinine that these type of movies even get reviewed. It's clearly not trying to take itself seriously. It is just a medium for comedy. Danny McBride is one of those naturally funny people. Four dots. Just super funny. (laughs) Fuck bad reviews. This movie is great and endlessly entertaining. And there's a response. Oh, good. Yeah, it's also just a typical cliche copy of every other mediocre comedy movie and medieval, spelt wrong, but medieval as in comedy. (laughs) Danny McBride is hilarious, but I'm watching it now and I can't say I've found it that funny. I can throw Eastbound and Down on and laugh my tits off for hours, so so was hoping Danny could save this, but (laughs) even he doesn't seem to be able to lift it higher than a Ha, okay, laughing done, when's the next laugh come? But let's face it, you felt you had to weigh on and give an opinion while telling other, while telling people who give it a bad review to not weigh in and not have an opinion. That's called being a hypocrite. Wow. I must say, I'm really disappointed that they've laughed their ass off. They've laughed their tits off, but they didn't laugh their dick off. Well, those well, are two separate people. Well, one you're laugh, assuming that, 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 you know the fact that this is not a woman. No, I'm more upset <laughs> they because their... there's a dickless man in the film. Yeah, 
Well, you know, maybe they're pussyless too. Guys, yeah. the next comment is. I have I have it's, no dick. It's, no, no, guys, it's a, it's a serious comment. I can see why people don't like this movie, and those people can go to hell. This movie is funnier than Hitler juggling easy bake ovens on a tricycle. <laughs> Thanks, Danny McBride. I felt like he wrote that one. <laughs> one more or what? Yeah, one more, because that was beautiful. Okay. Honestly, this movie was hilarious. It's one of my go-to dumb comedy movies. Everyone is entitled to their opinion, and this movie definitely had its WTF moments, but overall, I laughed my ass off. Well, I have a nine-star review here, guys, called Underrated. The two separate words. Okay. Underrated, and it's from Norway. See? Even the Norwegians love it. <clears throat> it's nine stars, and it goes as such. <clears throat> I guess this movie isn't for everyone. We were three people. <laughs> I think he's trying to say our group was three people. We were, we were three people. Two guys and one girl. She fell asleep. But we loved it. So maybe it's a guy movie? <laughs> he wrote that as a question. If you think blood, unnecessary violence, fine women, and explicit language is a good thing in a comedy, then maybe you will you will also enjoy this one. I think it's one I think it's one of he most enjoyable and the funny of action comedies for a while. <laughs> for what? For a while. For what? Okay. Uh, in a while, okay. I see. Or for a while. For a while. The characters are good, great actors, and Portman is as talented as she is candy for the eye. <laughs> <laughs> the story is hilarious, lots of fun, lots of funny moments and absurdities, a non-stop pace. I'm really surprised it hasn't got a higher rating. I think that in time, this will be considered a classic. I mean, what's not to like? An awesome movie. The only reason I did it, didn't give it a 10 is because I'm stingy. It certainly <laughs> deserves a 10. <laughs> I totally recommend it, smiley face. <laughs> and um, I want to save my last... I have one one review left, and I want to I wanna save it. But uh, YouTube... You know, the thing about YouTube, Jules, is... Have you ever written a comment on YouTube before? No. I have. I've brought this up once, but I think you haven't either, have you? I have. Oh, you have? Long, long ago. Well, I've written a response comment once, and that was three years ago, and I still get notifications about people replying to that response comment. I was being a jerk. There was some music clip where it's called, I think it's called um, Tight Pants, and they're, it's very funny. And they're filming on a green screen, obviously. It's very, very, like, on purposely cheap, like, everything about it. And someone in the comments just wrote, huh. Huh. I think they're filming on a green screen, lol. And then, then I was like, no, they actually filmed out in the forest. It's so real. And... For fucking years, I've been getting people be like, "No, dude, it's totally like a green screen. You can see the edges." <laughs> like, lol. So and, and I write back something like, every now and then I'd write back being like, "Really? Wow." <laughs> or something like, "I made this comment years ago, and I still can't tell the difference." <laughs> she whiz, it's so amazing. <laughs> so I just want to bring that that up, but. Uh, Starting off with some shorter ones because I've got one, two, three. You got four. some shorties, huh? I've got I've got five families. By that I mean families. By that by that I mean like families of comments because two of them have responses. Oh, good. Yeah. Do you like families? 
of respond comments? Well, Do they each have three mothers? Well, family is essence of human. <laughs> have they done fucking? <laughs> this is better than Lord of the Rings. What's not to like? You're right. Very simple comment, but also very true. Lord of the Rings is objectively worse. Yeah. <clears throat> Good movie. Dot dot dot. Very funny. Dot dot dot. And Natalie Portman. Oh, it's like lowercase o, full stop, capital O. So that kind of face. <clears throat> Just sexy as hell, no words. Dot, 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 dot. Yeah, they're using them. <laughs> this one has a response. Yeah. And Ryan, I think this is the type that you were kind of alluding to oh, when no. people, you know, kind of respond. <clears throat> Yay. One of the worst movies ever made. It's a shame and such a waste. Natalie Portman is a great actress and she played an awesome part in the film. Still, it had its moments. Response. You look like you have Down, Down Syndrome. It was a great movie. Shut up. Oh, boy. Response. And this is a response by the guy who made the initial comment. Wrong. Asperger Syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Get it right. <laughs> Get it right, you fucking asshole. <laughs> the second last comment, and this one has a response. The last one that has a response. Yay. <laughs> This movie is fucking A. <laughs> the jokes are not too obvious for those who needs it. Needs <laughs> you, you have okay. I just remembered this is my favorite comment. Okay. <laughs> you have to feel the irony in the conversations and pay attention to the way they speak. In other words, dot dot dot. The jokes aren't served on a dish plate. Pretty common that people don't get those kind of comedies because of that. <laughs> Captain Obvious's comment is over, and now the response. Oh, mm. we found out the username. <laughs> Funny sarcasm, XD. The film's just constant obvious jokes, and not even jokes to be exact, just pointless comebacks you always see coming. What's funnier is that you think you're intelligent for enjoying dumb, easy-to-get comedies, lol. Lol. Was XD meant to be a face? It's Maybe. like a lowercase x capital D, so it's like ah, oh yeah, you know, <laughs> squinty face emoji, just ah. And the last one, I left this one for last. It's your favorite emoji, isn't it? <laughs> squinty, squinty face, face emoji, because <laughs> you went squinty face emoji. <laughs> Technically, they're yeah. emotes or emoticons. Oh, fuck. Anyway, I left this one. Bullshit. I don't know what the emoji movie is then. <laughs> I left this one for last because I just wanted to like you know neatly wrap up. <clears throat> This movie wasn't that funny, but very entertaining. Dot, 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 uh. dot. And then in quotes, I rather enjoyed it. Dot, dot, dot. Hmm. Dot, dot, dot. Indeed. End quote. Lol. <laughs> well, I have a 10 star review here, yeah. guys. The perfect medieval film. The perfect medieval film. Review may contain spoilers. So, mm-hmm. you know, just hold on to yourself. And where is this review coming from? Toronto, Canada. That's in Canada. <clears throat> I love this movie. Danny McBride and James Franco proudly hate this movie. Yet, I still love this movie. I didn't know Danny McBride. Robin Hood Men in Tights was the last movie to properly spoof this era. Before that, The Princess Bride. I swear to God, I'm not high when I tell you this right up here. They They were the classics. I'm not high when I tell you this right up in here, but they were the classics. How about we make this a me party and talk about how I even heard this movie even existed. I definitely didn't see a commercial in my market. 
Toronto. Come on, guys, promote, promote. <laughs> <laughs> or a poster anywhere other than the movie theater. I was listening to Howard Stern, of all people, because I accidentally turned onto his station. I haven't listened to Howard Stern since 1994, to give you some background. <laughs> So I'm listening to Howard, and he goes into his review of the film, and he, then he gives you a link to Pirate Bay? <laughs> to Pirate Bay? The review. Available here. He sold it. He sold it so well. I went. I laughed. Every single scene made me laugh. The absurdity of the brothers. Danny is older? He put that as a question. <laughs> the silliness of the villainous character. The fucking... Uh, the fucking, but he 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 censored himself. Like he put Ooh. asterisks all over to the inning. But the recreation of the era, it really was beautiful. Zoe and Natalie doing anything at all. I love this movie. <laughs> I love this movie. Go see this movie and have as much fun as you can. Do not bring your children. Do not bring your old parents. <laughs> Do not bring Roger Ebert. <laughs> DJ that? <laughs> Enjoy. Hey, fuck you. Bring me too. <laughs> I want to see the movie. So, guys, you guys have been fantastic, amazing, wonderful listening people. Jules, it's been great to have you on all of your nether regions and <laughs> extremities. This movie didn't don't have any forget, pterodactyls. Don't forget my um, internal, internal babushka dolls. It's your... Yeah, it's... Yeah. That's exactly what we won't forget. Jules, uh, we picked this film, we picked one that didn't have any pterodactyls or pterodactyl-like Thank imagery. <laughs> Brian, don't! Sorry, Jules has an well, extreme so fear of pterodactyls, and I just opened the window and one flew in. Luckily, it went away. Jules, you can stop peeing your pants on my nice carpet now. Um, it's been great to have you here. I'll have to wash the carpet now, but other than that... Well, whose fault was it for letting the damn pterodactyl in? Nature. So, Bartek, been wonderful to be back on the show with you again. We had a bit of time off, an uh, episode off. Um, now we're back, spitting and polishing once again, talking about the films that need to be talked about. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. So you guys have been great. If you want to help yes. support us, you can share us around or like us. We uh, Spin Polish Presents. You can type that in. You'll find us on iTunes, YouTube, Facebook, you know, Podbean, on a whole bunch of things. So recommend us to people. You write reviews. You can threaten us. You can threaten people with us. <laughs> give us, want. give us feedback. If you've been a bad boy, Harry, you're gonna have to listen to their episode on Pan. Oh, fuck. No, Mom, no. <laughs> oh, like, Anything but that. Or it's like you're whoa, having whoa, whoa, a... You're whoa, having Pan, a had a good, Pan had a good quiz in it. Yeah, or if you're having a bad night, you know, you want to cheer yourself up, well, you know, you can masturbate to us if you want. I don't I don't know. You can do whatever you want. We I recommend know. Flipper. <laughs> to do that. Or, or, or Black Annie. <laughs> Blanny. Because that's a musical. <laughs> so, you guys have been great. Until next time, remember to be kind to each other and i'm sorry for doing this voice so much you see it sounds different now you sound like you're doing your kermit voice hey, this is my kermit see there's no difference before when you were doing it you sounded more like you're like Rrr. i don't know it sounds different Rrr, like this yeah a little 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 I'm, I'm sorry i'm very sorry everyone i i will write a, i will write a speech i will read the speech out yeah and, um, you know what we might even record it and put it online 
online. That's where they said that this movie was the worst one ever made. Damn you, internet! Fuck you.